The following is a world-class Bullshitters exclusive. It's 8.35, it's Thursday, and we are live. Welcome to World Class Bullshitters, the epitome of pop culture. I'm your host, Jeff Hicks, and with me tonight is the one, the only, DeAndre. Baby, baby, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are live, and I, in fact, have something special for you in light of the new OnlyFans news. I call this piece Pornhub Executive. Hey, girl, you want to make some motherfucking money? And the answer is always yes, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next is American Ramrod Kendo Slice. Boys, I haven't worked a night or a weekend in almost a month, and in a few short weeks, I won't have to work the next holiday. I'm so excited. Baby, baby. It's nice having a real grown up job. I believe it. I believe it. I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> you so, sound oh. it. <laughs> Say what? You sound it. <laughs> oh, I'm so. I'm heartbroken. So, folks, we got a big show tonight. We got a ton of topics we're going to cover. We're going to be talking about the Eternals trailer, which was literally the dumbest thing I've seen all day. And I've watched a lot of content. Dion brought up OnlyFans, so we'll bring up that as well. As well as a, a fun time to laugh at the Suicide Squad, some Game of Thrones news, Nine Inch Nails, and a whole lot more. But before we get to that, guys, we have to start our show off with um, shouting out our new patron. So, over the weekend, uh, we received a new patron at the highest tier. So thank you to our newest patron and friend. Now let me just pull this up real quick. Patreon. I'd like to thank our new friend, JW Orchard. So JW, thank you for joining us over at Patreon at the top tier. Uh, folks, we offer all sorts of perks. The Sunday Hangover, behind-the-scenes content, video footage. We're going to be at Horror Hound in less than a month, just like three weeks and change. So we'll be filming stuff there. And that will all be housed there, as well as our soon-to-be-launched membership program. So be on the lookout for that. But again, thank you to JW. You guys are the reasons why we're able to do this show without ads and all that stuff. I mean, I know we love Omaha Steaks in Blue Chew, but isn't it nice that this show starts without six minutes of ads, Kendo? Uh, yes, but as I've once told many people all the time, that's what that 30-second skip button is for. <laughs> Dude, if you have to press it 10 times in a row before a Conrad podcast. Ugh. Dude, that's the funny thing. Like Sometimes you do a Conrad podcast, and they jump right in after about 10 you know, third, you know, 10, 15, 30 seconds. But then other times you're just like fucking hitting the seek button. And then there's times where you're listening to it and it's a goddamn, it's like something to wrestle with where it's like a two hour show and like 45 minutes of our ad spots. It's like, fuck. And whoever's doing it is doing a terrible job of the editing because they'll be in mid sentence and all of a sudden it'll cut into an ad, an ad. And it's not like a good Jericho live read where somebody's like, yeah, man, dude, I'm just, I can't wait to get back out there. I'm really hungry. And it's like, well, you heard it, folks. And if you're really hungry, get Omaha. What do you see? Slim Jim. Slim Jim. Something like that? Yeah, uh, that one comes with a you, headphones you, warning. <laughs> you could have mentioned the ear rape there, buddy. Yeah. As we are now the most popular podcast with the partially deaf community. <laughs> <laughs> Closed captioning brought to you by Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> You'll put some catches at the bottom of the screen right there. There's your catch. <laughs> uh, so, what's new with you guys? It's been a whole week since we last spoke. Oh, God, it's been over a week because we recorded last week. week's show on Sunday. Yep. 
Yep, and then obviously you went to Vegas, man. How uh, how was that? Uh, it, uh, you know, you can go back, you can watch the High Council, you can listen to the statement. I don't need to reiterate any more, but it was ugly and it left a black eye in the whole community. So happy to move forward. I don't blame you. Now, folks, tonight we have a ton of topics. What should we start out with first? How about the word of the day, guys? Mm. Ooh. So it's it's juvenile, but you know what? It's also got a double meaning, so our favorite platform will really be confused. The word of the day is balls, because we got balls. them. So folks, have fun. Movie titles with balls, besides the obvious. How about X-Men Days of Balls Past? How about a fistful of balls? How about true balls? Yeah. For a few balls more. Mm-hmm, Let's mm-hmm. really double up and just do a movie called Ball Ball. Two hundred dollars. Balls ball. Or dodgeball, a true ball story. I can get behind that one, but I don't want to. Mm. I don't blame you. Now, we're going to talk about something we talk about all the time here on this channel. And it's kind of sad that Nick isn't here uh, for this segment. But he'll be joining us in a few moments. Uh, Let's put this on screen. Dion, I know your heart is breaking in every possible place. Because OnlyFans has announced that they're no longer going to allow... Yep. Adult content. Excuse me. So, folks. Which is the funniest fucking thing ever. Mm-hmm. I found the perfect thing to read. OnlyFans is getting out of the pornography business. Starting in October, the company will prohibit creators from posting material with sexually explicit conduct on its website, which many sex workers use to sell, fan explicit, sell fans explicit content. They'll still be allowed to put up nude photos and videos, provided they're, constant, they're consistent with OnlyFans policy, the company said Thursday. <laughs> that would Do you be think like, this is the beginning of the end? Yeah, yeah that'd, the be like end. If, that'd be like if we came out and said that single men are not allowed to listen to our podcast. That'd be like 75% of the fan base, gone. Or saying, that'd be like us being like, we're going to go PG. Like, yeah. it just, the shit just ain't going to work. And listen, if anything, I think I can faintly hear Tumblr in the background going, no, don't do it. Somewhere a, a Patreon executive is scrambling to, like, run down the hallway to scream this at, the, at, at whoever's there. So that way they can turn around and say, here at Patreon, we allow people to pretty much just shove whatever they want in any order fist. <laughs> just so bad. Just, just so bad. It's so weird. Uh, There's a little more. It says the popularity of the social media service exploded during the pandemic as sex workers, musicians, and online influencers used it to charge fans for exclusive access to photos, videos, and other material. OnlyFans has attracted more than 130 million users. That popularity also brought with it additional scrutiny, and OnlyFans is positioning itself more as a forum for musicians, fitness instructors, and chefs than sex workers. While many of its most popular creators post videos of themselves engaging in sexual behavior, several mainstream celebrities like Bella Thorne, Cardi B, and Tyga have also set up accounts. Hmm. The changes are needed because of mounting pressure from banking partners and payment providers, according to the company. OnlyFans is trying to raise money from outside investors at a valuation more than a billion (laughs) dollars. Yeah. So here's the thing. I don't need to pay a chef to watch cooking. I can find that for free on the internet. I don't need to pay, you know, a musician to see them do like their own personal behind the scenes, how I do this guitar riff video. However, there are several people that aren't, you know, you know, having the tread knocked off those tires on Pornhub that are on OnlyFans that I still won't pay, but there are people that will 
pay to see their tread get knocked off the tires. Dion, how many yes. tears have you shed? Just be honest. So many, man. I was going to start my own channel and really just kind of take off. I was aiming for the top 5% of the platform, you know? Oh, yeah, you were uh, eating all right. It's, you know, it's different things, different places, but yeah, man, it just, it just, it's just hilariously bad. It just hurts me in my soul because just the list of people who you didn't ever think would be on there, or who had portrayed themselves to be above things like that, um, and then to see them end up on OnlyFans was a very validating experience for me. And also, hey, yo, I'm all about yo. You got some assets, you can make some money off them. Shit, go get that bag, boo boo. But I thought this just, was America. Yeah, I'm sorry. Are we not in America anymore? But listen, I'll, we'll wait for the motherfucking the bit of news where it's, yep, OnlyFans is gone bankrupt. Or OnlyFans yeah. is now partnered with fucking some other bullshit. It's like, oh, it's you're going to do things the, that... It's part of the Pornhub community with every other porno site that's out there. There you go. <laughs> listen, Pornhub is just sitting there rubbing their fingers like, yo, listen, because they started their own little partnership thing where you can tip and do all this shit. So, boy, oh, boy, this is going to be hilarious. It's just a race to the bottom. I don't know what morality, morality and business don't go hand in hand. Folks, if you want to talk about morals, let's talk about Disney. They lack morals, but they're a billion dollar. God, they're the richest fucking entertainment company on the planet. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of hard. Like, I don't for care because I think it's kind of weird that people, I mean, if people are going to pay for OnlyFans, I get it. If you're a creator and somebody wants to look at your bubble and pay money, that's fine. Don't understand what appeal the user has it's like you can literally get this from anywhere else for free but right 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 you know and and i and i I, (laughs) someone's backing that ass up but you know my thing was you know i'm not going to use only fans right i'm i I dig my my free porn you can get shit that you really like whatever uh but you know the cool thing was you can you can help support people that you're fans of whether they be shaking their ass or you know doing some goofy ass show so that part was cool but it's just so hilarious that you know, the company OnlyFans that made its name reaching out to sex workers and people who want to show a little trim while getting some trim uh, are now above that. And it's like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's, let's see how much that makes you. Good luck. It's, it's the end, folks. If I was going to play a Jim Morrison song, that's what it would be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I played LA up. Woman. I'm glad you brought up Tumblr because that's, who uses Tumblr anymore? Dion, uh, when was the last time you used Tumblr? Oh my god, I think last time they allowed porn, that's too- the answer for everybody. Well, yeah, here. obviously. Yeah, that's actually 100 percent it. Uh, <laughs> Dion Green, I like a lot of porn parodies. <laughs> <laughs> 2021. That is not an incorrect statement, actually. Do you guys have a favorite? I mean, I know we talked about Edward Penis Hands on the show on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. but I mean that's just it's the best. I got to go with the Pirates one. The Pirates one is so fucking good because like they put a lot of money in the production. And I wouldn't even hilarious. call that a parody. I would call that like an honest-to-goodness attempt at a high-budget film. And it works. Like It's still silly. It's a porn movie, but I, like you got to respect the hustle on that. It's got to be this. my favorite. The now, silliest porn parody I ever saw was probably on a website called Wood Rocket that had a parody of SpongeBob SquarePants porn. That's Ooh. good. Yeah, well, that's a well, good one. Speaking of parodies, there are some people that are just a parody of humanity. And Kendo, you brought this to my attention, but everyone's favorite liar, Rachel Dolezal. Rachel wow. Dolezal. Not your Wasn't she on OnlyFans, oh, you said, sir? No, Pete just... That. 
Pete posted yeah. that. He's, oh, yeah. She's going on to OnlyFans to show off videos of her feet and her doing squats. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> okay, so folks, if you don't know who she is, she was an instructor at some university, and she claimed to be black. And that was no, the whole gimmick, right? She was no, she she well, one, she claims to be black, and then when she got called out on, she said she's transracial because apparently yep. that's a thing now. But yep. no, she was like the head of like the NAACP chapter in like Oregon or someplace oh, out okay. there. Yep. Yeah. So she was like doing that. So like she was like the head of like one of those organizations, and she was going around telling everybody she was black. And then I don't know what caused the uh the the house of cards that she had constructed for herself to fall apart, but that picture on the left is what came out shortly after people said, you know, this woman says she's black. Uh, we may have a have a few question, more questions than yep. answers. And during an interview, she said, I identify as black. And it was just so goddamn funny. <laughs> hey, Dion, yeah, let's start everybody identifying. Everybody looked at each other like that and like, um, wait, okay, well, if that's the case, I identify as a multimillionaire. Where I is my checkbook? I identify as the king of Scotland. <laughs> oh, Forrest, how are you? <laughs> Oh, wait, I kept the dumb race. Uh, who are you going to identify as, Dion Bruce Willis? No, I'm going to identify as Sigourney Weaver's husband. I am Mr. Sigourney Weaver Green. <laughs> Dion Green. just rolls up to her house and goes walking in. Yeah, hey, babe, good to see you. And freaking out. Who the hell are you? <laughs> oh, I'm transpousal. I'm your husband now. <laughs> <laughs> good to see you, baby. You got dinner ready? You know. Oh, shit. Uh, uh, Kevin Castillo baby. identifies as Optimus Prime. I mean, that's a good thing to identify us, buddy. Yeah. I am more than meets the eye, sir. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, I don't need to spend any more time on this loser because neither does society. Yeah. But I just, how funny is it? A social pariah goes to OnlyFans to make a little extra coin. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, Listen, everybody, everybody wants to be the martyr, but. You can't be the martyr when you got motherfucking bills to pay. So everybody's on the same plane. Everybody can shout out what they think and how much this means to them and how sure they are of their beliefs. But boom, when when that motherfucking bill comes due or when that phone bill comes due and that internet gets shut off or that cell phone gets shut off, you put a lot of those ideals to the wayside like the rest of us. Yeah, like I said, the best part of that whole scenario was she thought that she would get sympathy from people when she came out and explained to them her plight. And everybody, both sides of the racial divide, were looking at each other like, wait a second. What the fuck? It's like, wait, 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 wait. You want sympathy because you're not black? I'm not sure how that's supposed to work. Yeah, I'm a lot of simpy. No simpy, no empty, no simpy. None. Uh, There we go. Now, folks, we reviewed Suicide Squad. Dion, had you seen it yet? You hadn't seen it because you weren't on last week's show. Uh, did you see it yet? Yes, I saw it. I saw it last Friday. Hillary and I went and saw it. Did you like it? I did. I liked it. It was still silly as fuck. And you know, again, this this you know we we gotta we gotta put put our boy uh, what's his name from England over at all costs here. Idris Elba above everything else. But I still liked it a lot. I, I really did like it. The ending was kind of meh. But overall, as a fun action movie, I dug it. And I loved James Gunn's little shit kicker, fuck you, to the Birds of Prey movie where he just redoes the fucking hallway fight scene in the police station. I fucking, I thought that was hilarious. Now, have you heard about its response with the uh, box office? 
Yes, I did hear they had a huge fucking drop after that opening weekend. Yeah, so the Suicide Squad crashes in its second week at box office. Nice. According to the numbers, the film only earned $7.4 million in its second weekend. That is a 71% decline yep. from its opening weekend, where it earned only a measly $26 million. It's a sharper decline than the first Suicide Squad movie that only declined 67%. Boys, only 67%. Only 67%. Only. When wow. the bleeding is not that bad, only 67% bad. This is stupid. Like, this is all... A response to what DC has built before it. I thought this was a better film than the first, but without hype around your entire property, like, look, I get it. Everyone was jazzed for the Snyder Cut, but what is the DCEU at this point? It's not a linear timeline. It's kind of a weird, discombobulated mess, and it's trying to change and reboot and go multidimensional. I think this is a response to all of that stuff. People don't know what this is where this is leading, that's why people bought into so many pointless superhero movies before. I guess Marvel realized and then forgot, because we'll get to that later, that we all waited for the big... <laughs> it's a fucking understatement. Holy dude, shit. Oh, yeah. I have never watched a dumber trailer. That trailer is so a... bad. It's so fucking bad. But to your uh -huh. point, I think you know, while we currently try to blend two topics together, I think that's a perfect time to, to, to add on to your point. This is why you have to choose your flagship characters with respect. Because Suicide Squad is a good movie. It's a fun movie. Fucking, as much as I make fun of Idris Elba, him and John Cena had a crazy fucking chemistry that was very enjoyable to watch. But when you shit on Superman, and then you give the guy who fucked up the first time another shot where he just made the same movie but longer, people don't want to go see what's next. People don't want to go see what's next because, like you said, there's no cohesive storyline. They didn't shit all over Iron Man and Captain America and Thor with all this other bullshit. They made a strong foundation and built the rest of the fucking fortress on it. DC is fucked up. DC is fucked up. And when you finally have a good movie, all the bullshit you prefaced it with, fucking Batman or Justice League, Electric Boogaloo and Birds of Prey and and all this other bullshit. When you find have two good, a couple good movies, no one fucking responds well because you just flooded the goddamn toilet. So this is what happens. This is what happens. And you know, I I want Disney to be successful, but you know, again, I, I it sucks. And I like this movie, but you know, if you got if you treated your main characters with fucking respect instead of putting out this bullshit, this doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. So Kendo, like you can't tell me that people don't go see this if they were actually jazz for for you know whatever was should have been in Justice League spot instead of fucking giving all that money to Jack Snyder for nothing. If that if that shit actually takes off, not the Twitter activism that we saw, like it was legitimately cool and made a bunch of money. This movie is super fucking successful. Yeah, but it's not. That's not the world we live in, man. Yeah, nope. dude, it sucks. It fucking sucks because it was fun. I liked it. That's what sucks, though, because all the damage that had been done, essentially, it's just too late. It's not mm -hmm. being a hater or being negative or anything like that. All Everything is a response to something that came before it. And this film is a response to, what, eight years of bad DC planning. Not bad, all bad DC films, because uh, we play this game, you know, off air. It's called The Bar. And what it is, is you pick a franchise and you decide which film in that franchise is The Bar, meaning the middle 
And then you go through the franchise and you say, is it above or below the bar? And so we played the DC game the other day. And would you like to guess what we considered the bar? Uh, are we talking about the DCEU movies? Yes. yes. I would say Wonder Woman, the first one. Dion, care to guess? Ooh, uh, my, my, <laughs> I, my serious answer is one thing, and my what would Jeff find is funny answer, and I think the fucking Batman versus Superman is the fucking bar. Surprise, surprise, surprise. The bar for our game was Man of Steel. Huh. Ooh, not I can see that. I can see that. Man of That's Steel like the middle of the of, road. Yeah, it's right in the middle because it has moments of awesome uh, excitement. It has stupid moments like fucking Jonathan Kent getting killed, dying because Clark let him die. It was so much better in the original that Superman had to watch his dad die. There's nothing he could do about it because there's literally nothing he could do. He couldn't fix a heart attack. This version of Superman, he just he like, doesn't he just wave and then he just gets hit by the tornado and you never see Jonathan Kent again. That kind of stuff was stupid to me. Um, and that him being killing said, someone at the end of the fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, that was that was ridiculous too. But overall, I feel like Man of Steel's right in the middle. And so BVS is below. Obviously, Wonder Woman's above. But I'd put Suicide Squad two, the Suicide Squad, above the bar. I think this is a better film than Man of Steel. Would you guys agree with that statement? Absolutely. I, I'd say it's one of the better movies in the in the DCEU. Um, well, I'm glad I people watched it yet. Well, I will let you know once I watch it. Yeah, it is good. I think you'd actually dig it. You're going to like it more than Space Jam. Wait, which one? The new one. Oh, bullshit. I would like the idea of being punched in the fucking scrotum more than watching Space Jam. You can arrange that. You could use a good punch. Oh, that's not very nice. <laughs> Look, we're all friends here, but we're always not that nice to each other. No. <laughs> uh, so, let's see what's next here on the docket. Ah, oh, yes. Any Game of Thrones fans here on this channel? Yeah, me. Yes and no. It depends on how we're qualifying. If you're talking about the books, yes, I've been reading the books and had started reading the books right around the time season one came out. And just say yeah. Just you could just say okay, yeah. Fine, yeah. All right, fine. Yeah, that, that would have been fine. All right, cool. It went when those two dickheads got the script without having <laughs> anything to work with, and then they ran for Star Wars, and then said no. They got fired from Star Wars, Dion. Hell yeah. So Game of Thrones creator George R.R. R. Martin recently announced a brand new graphic novel adaptation as the Saga of Fire and Ice, and more specifically, oh. Winds of Winter remains missing. Yeah, it's been 10 years, George. Get off your fat ass. Stop running around at Comic-Cons playing grab ass with the people dressed like Jon Snow, and get your fucking self behind the keyboard and start typing, you son of a bitch. <laughs> been waiting 10 fucking, well, I haven't been waiting. Well, yeah, it's been probably close to about almost 10 years for that book. Well... That puts a lot of things into perspective. <laughs> I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. I don't care about the books nor the show. I, If you're a fan, awesome, more power to you. But I'm never going to get invested after the shit show that is the ending. So don't anybody ever try to convince me, it's good for this, it's good till that. No, because it ends as a train wreck. And every show that ends poorly becomes a shitty show to me. Dexter, one of my all-time favorites at the time, had the worst ending I've ever seen. Fuck that show. That's he's why a lumberjack and he's okay. Works all night and he sleeps all day. Chops down trees and well, you know the rest. Murders people and tries to bang his sister. In real life. Mm. Well, the actress that plays the sister in real life. Right. Until he yeah. got cancer and she dumped him. Yeah, that was a bit cruel. Well, the way I remember it is when he had cancer, he cheated on her and then she dumped him. Ooh, oh, I did so not he, remember that part. I'm pretty sure he cheated on her and then she dumped him when he was sick. So it was like ugly, ugly. 
I mean, that's that's, yeah, I that's one of those whole, you know, left hand washing the other yeah. type of situation. Oh, you cheated on me, and now you're dying of cancer. Fuck you. Now, let's play a game, guys. What is the – there's one more Game of Thrones book that's supposed to come out, right? Uh, there's yeah. supposed to be two more. Okay, two but. more. What will happen? Let's play a game of shit that's going to happen first. Okay. <laughs> like, come up with a couple things. So, like, if this was a few years ago, I would have said the Cubs would win the World Series before the next Game of Thrones book, and I would have been correct. And so I'm very upset regardless. Yeah, I'd have guessed 2015, but, you know. Against Miami? <laughs> uh, this is just an interesting thing to hear people always complain about because – like I said, I'm on the outside, the periphery of Game of Thrones, so I'm going to guess this book will be out by the year 3535. I would hope so at that point, although if the way Martin keeps going, he's going to be dead before the year 2024. Listen, you want you want some, you know, this is going to happen before that benchmark level shit. George R.R. R. Martin's going to die and come back to fucking life before those books come out. That's probably a more accurate. The statement. fucking lions are going to win the Super Bowl before. Now the let's game. keep things in the realm of reality. I Come said on it. Now I said it. I went there. I went there. We're there now. We live there. I we mean, live in this space now. The you, lions. The you Detroit have a very good chance lions. because <laughs> you went out and you signed the throwing Samoan, the former Battlehawk quarterback Jordan Tamu. <laughs> now, this folks, I like to read everything in order, but TLJ Screwjob very on points is. You know what's my biggest problem with George R. R. Martin? He's fat. But seriously, I made a joke about him not finishing the book before season six. Uh, anytime somebody references Scott Steiner, I have to stop the show. So, folks, if you want to control the show, learn all about Scott Steiner. Yep, that's right. Uh, you know, Kevin, I'm not badass. Badasses. I should have made a Scott Steiner button. I'm surprised you didn't. Now that we now we fucking mention it. Well, yeah. guess what? We have a, a couple new ones tonight. So when it comes time, we'll play those. But. Uh, we have a few other topics we want to cover. Anything else you want to say about George R. R. Martin? Yeah, you only had a, yeah, you only had like a five year lead time between you know the last book you put out and when they were going to catch up to you. It's a shame that you somehow couldn't get the fucking job done. Yep, poor, poor, poor guy. Now don't get me wrong, Mila Clark's titties are phenomenal, but it's not enough, George. You fucked yeah. up, honey. You yeah, fucked up. You were too busy going around putting your hands on Khaleesi's at fucking, you know, Comic Con instead of getting your. Which fat you ass know that's what he was doing. You know yes. that's what he was doing. That motherfucker was fucking groupies. That's why he didn't finish that goddamn book. That dude's been lit, which I don't blame him. Shit. You had a if I look like hit that show. and I had that opportunity, I'd never finish Damn my fucking right. books either. That's right. Give him some of your fucking winner and ice there, George R. What does the RR stand for? I don't care enough to look it up. Ragu. Ribs and ragu, ribs and ragu, George, ribs and ragu, fucking RR Martin, dude. We need a fucking. That's your tag team. You guys are ribs and ragu. Yes, yes. Kendall, I need you to dye your hair black. Uh, sure. And we'll actually have a better finish than a super kick every ten minutes. Oh Jesus, what are you? dude. Be fair. That's like a super kick every like thirty-eight seconds. Come on, young bucks aren't. How do you creative? Look, we're going to talk about wrestling towards the end of the show tonight, but how do you think Shawn Michaels feels that his basic fit? Okay, Shawn Michaels you know feels like it. Jake the Snake Roberts because it used to be that the DDT was the most devastating finisher in the World Wrestling Federation. If that motherfucker planted one, you were done. Super kick, Shawn Michaels, sweet chin music. When you got hit with one of those, it was over. World titles won. Now every match starts with a super kick, and it's ineffective. 
Yep. You know he hates it because he might be Jesus Sean now, but he's still Sean Hickenbottom, and he fucking hates it. Yeah, dude, it's like a fucking Canadian destroyer. That used to just end shit on a dime. Now it's a transition spot. Well, thank you, uh, Modern Internet Wrestling. Now, I got a question for you guys, because like I said, we have a ton of topics tonight. Any opinions on Nine Inch Nails? Um, When Johnny Cash covered one of their songs, I thought it was awesome. Same. Yeah, that's about it with me, too. Uh, did you hear because of the Rona they got, or whatever 2.0 is, they're canceling all their tours? No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, uh, let's see. I thought I had the little statement pulled up. Because I've been listening, well, we just drove across the country, so we listen to a shitload of music, and some Trent Reznor stuff pops up. I'm not going to act like he's my favorite, or because it's just him as Nine Inch Nails, right? He's just one guy, and then people play on tour with him. But, you know, Only is a good song. I hate the song Closer, the one that everybody likes. Like, you know why? I'm not a big fan of it, Dion. Because it got over-fucking-used and a lot of shit that they had no business being in? Yes, and Dustin. Oh, see, that, see that's... that. I should have guessed that, because that motherfucker had the... Dude, come on. that's. I get it. I get it now. If, if, because of Dustin makes the most sense for a lot of things in our lives. So, folks, if you enjoy Nine Inch Nails, tell us your favorite Nine Inch Nails song uh, in the chat. Now, uh, I'll read the, the little thing because I saw it this morning. I was like, huh. It says, it's with great regret that we are canceling all Nine Inch Nails appearances for the remainder of the year. When originally planned, these shows were intended to be a cathartic and celebratory return to live music. However, with each passing day, it's becoming more and more apparent we're not at that place yet. We're sorry for any inconvenience or disappointment and look forward to seeing you again when the time is right. How, how do you guys feel about this? Is this the right way to handle the situation or do you think people just pushing through? It's it's the right way to handle it. I mean, depending on where they're at, some places, yeah, you gotta, you know, so you know, people, just motherfuckers being human. So sometimes it's best to take an error of caution. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have gone to the concert anyway, so I'm not really upset about it. <laughs> I haven't been to. Cleveland you hurt yourself today? No. To see how much it bleeds, <laughs> dude. Try to focus when on the pain. Fucking play that clip over Eddie Guerrero's death promo, though. Dude. Oh. That I my I tear up. I have, I just stopped watching that one because yeah, it's, it's that one, part, man. and it's the it's that, and then the um the here without you one that they played on both Raw and SmackDown. Those are the two I can't. I gotta like I need like a year in between each one to even watch those videos at least. Both of them made me start tearing up. You know what? I didn't tear up for these, but you know what was another really great one? Hmm. The fabulous Moolah. That was a really good one. That was cool what they did for her. You know? And. Then when you find out what kind of lady she was like, yeah, like that's yeah. where it's like, ugh, that's uh that was bad. She was pipping her girls out, folks. If you're wondering who we're talking about, wrestling back in the day, women's wrestling wasn't really a thing. Some would argue that recently it's just become a thing. I'd be one of those people because when well, we grew up, guys, McMahon is the one that created the women's revolution. We all know that. She's thank you, Vince. Credit for it because thank she booked a match so terrible that the internet was like, nope, we're fucking done. Good job, Stephanie. If you want to uh, index the decline of wrestling, you just pick up where Stephanie McMahon starts writing about 2001 and blame her for everything. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll get into wrestling later on tonight because tonight is the 20th anniversary, Dion, of one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. Yes, so. sir. Yes, and one of my favorite versions of that pay-per-view, brother. God damn, I'm excited. And uh, we'll talk about this weekend SummerSlam at the end of the show. So, folks, we know that you like wrestling, that you don't like wrestling. We'll save it till the end. Now, 
Dion, I thought of you this afternoon because one of our listeners oh, oh, yes. asked a question in our Facebook group, and I thought, huh, this will be a fun little segment, just a moment. But uh, this is for our buddy John in the group. He posted the trailer for the movie The Phantom and asked what our thoughts were, or at least mine. And I you know, told him I loved that movie. I saw it in theaters. Billy Zane was a fucking superhero. That is one of the top five movies that I say shouldn't have been a flop. What do you guys say about The Phantom? The I fact mean, that... I, yeah. as a kid, when they would show that fucking trailer, I used to want to watch it for the longest time. And we finally bought it on VHS, and then you know we get to college, you know, and I buy the fucking movie, and then you and I bonded over it. You, Hillary, and myself would watch that movie, and we we had our own Treat Williams joke. Like that movie means a fucking lot to me, and I. Even that original trailer, it's so fucking 90s, it's perfect. Billy Zane, I would wear another fucking turkey suit for you. Yeah. You I mean, I've always thought Affleck was the bomb and phantom, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. But this was such a, it wasn't a weird movie at all. I just, I didn't know the phantom existed outside of the cartoon. You guys remember the phantom 2049? Yeah, man. Ooh. We had that game on Sega Genesis. It was fun. The cartoon was weird. It was created, not created, but it was designed by the artist who did Eon Flux. So it was really different and very 90s. And then the, the movie comes out, and then I learned that the Phantom is an old pulp character and has been around since, I think, the 30s. Uh -huh. And then the 80s was part of the Legion of whatever, that fucking cartoon. But the Phantom is one of those superheroes. I guess I would consider him a B-list hero. Not in a bad way, but he's not Marvel. He's not DC. And he's really low down on the totem pole. But I would love to see the Phantom make a comeback. I thought the design was excellent. Billy Zane really busted his ass. And it's the type of film you could set, you know, make another one. Fucking reboot it or make a sequel. I don't care. I'd watch it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. I would I would definitely make a sequel. And yeah, it was it was sometimes it's, it's a perfect example of those types of films that don't get the success they deserve, but everyone that watches it respects it and loves it. You know, it's you know, not every movie could be Superman 77. You know, not every movie could be, you know, Steel. Um, but you know, you could have a movie where the director and the people who were part of it actually busted their ass and have a respected well-loved fucking film you know and I, I put personally i put the phantom on the same level as is the first man max easily Ooh, the phantom is a superhero movie that uh, i'm not trying to be extra nice i'd probably rank it above a decent chunk of mcu movies at this point there's just a fun realism to it and i don't mean yeah. like the story the fact that all the stunts were a guy in a costume they were landed planes they were jumping on horses at the same time like it was Cool movie. It was like Indiana Jones' life in the jungle. Yes. And it's like, it was, you know, it's like, I, I, the feeling I get from the Phantom is the same feeling when I get to Universal. You know, like, it's like when you get to the adventure portion of the park and it's that adventure esque movie and it's all got something to do with hidden treasure in the jungle or in the desert or whatever. That's the feeling I get from the Phantom and it's just fun. Like, it's, it's, it's similar to the mummy and how that is set up and it's, and it's where everyone busts their ass. You can tell that everyone wanted the movie to be successful. I mean, even James Reamer, who's a awesome dude, he was awesome there, you know, and just the, you know, him talking to his dad and the fact that James Remar has his dad's gun belt. It's just, it's just too awesome. Too fucking awesome. Uh, CWD tricks. You are right. The pulp heroes do need to come back. Um, I'm just reading all the, the ball comments. Uh, critical balls, 12 angry balls. That's just a drink. Actually, that's 12 drinks. Could you guys handle 12 angry balls in one sitting? Depends on the night. Yeah. Not tonight? Not any other night? Mm, try me tomorrow. I hurt myself today. 
Let's see how much it is. Let's see, did I still feel? Ooh, Liquid Blade. <laughs> oh, stop. I, sorry. I can't tear up on air. Sorry, don't do sorry, it. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Liquid Blake says the Phantom and the Shadow are both fun. Dude, the yep. Shadow has the darkest ending of any superhero movie ever. Yeah, he lobotomizes that fucking guy, remember? Yeah, I gotta see it again. I don't remember that part. I gotta watch that movie again. I remember as a it, kid really loving it. It's like Batman Forever because, look, you can have your opinions on Batman Forever, folks. All I would ever ask is that you make sure to correctly distinguish Batman Forever from Batman and Robin. That's yes. all I ask because you can have your opinions. You can hate on it all you want. I don't care. We're all here. Have fun. But make sure you know which is which because Batman Forever has an incredibly dark ending. Batman and Robin doesn't. But The Shadow has the similar... They both have the similar endings of the bad guy in an insane asylum with, you know, their brains shot to shit and the heroes just outside kind of like, ha-ha. So, God, we, have, we have to do a drunk uh, watch of that. Yeah, we'll do it. Let's do a double drunk watch party of the Phantom and the Shadow in one day. All right. They're both like 90 minutes long. Get them in, get them out. Boom. Dude, oh my God. Like back when movies were 90 minutes and just chuck full of awesome. Yeah, it's. We're, we get to the point where every movie is these, are these epics, and I get tired. I really don't want to sit through a three-and-a-half-hour film. It's not that I don't have the patience. They're just not that good anymore. It's, they think that, well, we gave you three hours of this movie, but it wasn't three hours of quality. Remember, Hollywood, it's quality, not quantity. Yes. Yeah. All filler, no filler. Exactly. It should be two-and-a-half hours where I don't realize it's two-and-a-half hours. You know, That's how that's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a good, concise movie that makes sense and they've just they've just lost their way son mm. like the the Dr. Mills, we might one day throw dark man in there too i love dark man dark man's a fun movie i love all i love the entire trilogy i don't <laughs> i don't blame you either die dark man die and return of durant aren't that good return of durant's definitely better but yeah die dark man dies not it's not that like that was proof of the third film in a trilogy like that and RoboCop three one hundred percent. I love I love how bad RoboCop three is with that jetpack. It's and then the fucking random Asian ninja robot that gets shot in the head, so his face is just he's just smiling the whole time. Like yeah. who okayed this shit? Inspector Todd. Yeah, 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 got his corrupt ass. So guys, uh, let's take a minute. To get caught up because the audience has been uh, wanting us to check in with them. Glass? Who gives a shit about Glass? Who the fuck is this? This is Deputy Chief of Police Dwayne T. Robinson, and I am in charge of this situation. Oh, you're in charge? Well, I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. I'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national TV, Dwayne. <laughs> Argyle, Argyle's laugh when he gets <laughs> me every fucking time. That, yeah, that fucking makes the scene. Not so much the statement, but Argyle just fucking losing it. Yeah. Now, Hammond of Texas says, Howdy, boys. It's been a while. It has been Hammond of Texas. Thanks for time you showed up around here, man. You were, clock, you were supposed to be clocked in two weeks ago, motherfucker. Right. Yeah. You were deep, deep, deep undercover. Deep, I didn't deep, okay deep. that. You didn't even know yeah. which way was up. Yeah, he was <laughs> ding bang and ding dong. You know, they called him Agent Orange. He was all over that place. <laughs> I'm a karate man. Karate man bleed up, bruise on the inside. <laughs> hey, Dion, in a minute, yeah. we're going to talk about uh, a Queefna and her black accent. 
Mm. Dude, I can't wait to talk about that. Oh, that chick is fucking. I specifically cool. waited to like not. I saw, like I read about it, but I wanted to wait till like we were talking. I watched in the background so I can give a live reaction to it. I, I can't wait. So Cesario Japan or Caesar Jorpin, as he's known on some channels, says random Buffalo Jeff commentary. Don't don't. I'm not listening. I didn't even say anything. I just made random noises. Are you that scared? Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah yeah shit. He's hypersensitive to the buffalo. Oh, well, I got pictures of horse statues in Las Vegas. Good luck. Mm -hmm. They're coming to you later. What statues, not the pictures. Now, my question is this. Dion, would you be afraid of Tatanka the, ref the wrestler? No, he wasn't a horse. But his name is Tatanka, which means buffalo. And what if I told you his name was also Jeff? Uh, I have a problem with that second part, but buffaloes aren't horse. I love buffalo soldiers, and I love buffalo wings. So nice try. Aren't you a guy on a buffalo? Mm. That's right. <laughs> on a buffalo. That fucking song. It's so, so good. funny. One day, a guy on a buffalo. <laughs> 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 oh, God. I don't know why I just checked my email, but Space Jam's got a 4K disc set coming out. Fuck that movie. That's so Dude. crazy. It's who Why? how is that movie a thing? We were literally watching it in the room while you guys were running to Michigan for for the care package and we were just like who okayed this shit? Like this it was insane that that was a fucking movie, man. Like what? What? Do you think do you think LeBron got to watch the final cut and he had the family sitting around and he was just like had that goofy ass look on his face the whole time like in the movie where he thought that what he was doing was brilliant? Listen, I often if, wonder if, that. If he has the family he claims that he has, his kids are like, yo, yeah, that was fucking whack. I would hope they would hold him accountable. But yeah, because there's... Uh, ew. Uh. Oh, sweet. We're the third option when you look up Aquafina. Aquafina! So, uh, Cesario Japan says, in honor of recent events, only balls. That's a different mm -hmm. website, Cesario Japan. Yeah. Do you think anyone would sign up for OnlyBalls? Nick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always was a man of his meats. Yep, that's why he's late right now. He's currently trying to become the, not the not only a client, but also, a, or not only the owner, but also a member of the OnlyBalls.com. Yes, and he's now putting himself in that, in that viral hit of a video of him sitting on a white couch with a white t-shirt and white pants surrounded by a bunch of black dudes. <laughs> He is the piper to their parries. Oh, I think I'm going to draw that into Wokebuster somehow. That's how we'll rescue Nick's character. Oh, shit. Sorry, Nick. This is what happens. Uh, SH Rebels 08 says, I've had blue balls for you, Dion. Not at all. Primer says, Only fans just committed seppuku. Back to X videos. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Andrew Clark says, I need Dion to review Uma Musume. I didn't see any instructions on the Patreon page. It's an anime about competitive horse racing, and it's not strange at all. Can't see that uh, I'd be the guy to go to on that one, buddy. Oh, Dion, I think we have to if the audience is asking it. Eh, Y'all gonna have to pay me. Go to my OnlyFans. That shit's going down here in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah, go to OnlyBalls. You can help Dion out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We don't judge. That's right. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, man. Uh, up next, we have our friend TLJ Screwjob. Wait, hold on. That jumped ahead. 
It is still a TLJ screenshot. Thank you. He says, Dark Balls, the Dion Green and Grace Triple X special. <laughs> so just because her name popped up, because I fucking said it, I'm going to press the button. Grace! Also, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Still true to this day. Yep. His ass is in the news. Oh, man. <sighs> so did you hear uh Hammond of Texas said, Dion, I'm salaried around here, Mr. Green. I bypassed that time clock. I didn't hear about that. Well, now you know. And knowing is half the battle. That's right. G.I. Joe. SH Rebels 08 says, I will take a brief punch to the face and a horse for Dion, please. Well, sir, you ask, you will get it. Up first is the Captain Marvel button. Hmm. Which one are Easy. you going to do? No, don't do a Captain Marvel button. A Carvel. Captain Carvel. <laughs> You got knocked the fuck out, man! There we go. That should be the new name. We just refer to it as Carvel. Carvel? Yeah. Hit the Carvel! Sorry, Dion. Who are you? What are you doing here, and where are my horses? The audience asks, dude. Sorry. Yeah, I still yeah. don't fully understand that, but... It makes Dion uncomfortable, so I laugh at it. <laughs> Darian217, thank you very much. He says, a bunch of creators' content is not available on other locations on the internet. I've searched, hence I go with creators that I support. Well, Darian217, thank you for always supporting us. But folks, if you do like a content creator, follow them where they are, and uh, you know we'll keep making more stuff. Not in real life, though. Don't like follow oh, no. them where they are in real life. Don't like hanging out behind their house. We do not condone such behavior, no. unless it's to Nick. Yeah, if it's a van down by the river, it's free game. Uh, folks, we have almost 400 watching, but not even 200 thumbs up. Folks, hit that thumbs up button. <laughs> Doug Keller's your shit. <laughs> uh, he's got some ball titles. Uh, we'll get to those in just a moment. But D. James Baker is here first with his balls. He says, Deep Blue Balls. Now, how would the film Deep Blue Balls open? Would it be like, would a shark eat a guy's balls off in the opening? Or are we going to take it a little deeper in metaphor? It no, it's about a balls. horny shark. Does it just like... Is it like that episode of King of the Hill where Hank gets assaulted by a dolphin? A dolphin? Yes. <laughs> yes. The shark doesn't eat you. It just bangs you. Now, that's going to pull up a whole question of consent. But you know what? I don't consent to an animal eating me. So it's what's the I difference? Don't, I don't think sharks abide by the whole consent rule. Um, I'm sorry. What? I've seen I've seen Jaws. And at no point does you know that, that shark ever ask to eat Quint. He just does. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a clip of that uh, no consent bit from Jaws. From <laughs> Ken, I was like, wait, what? I was say like, if he asked Alice, Kent, did he ask little Alex Kentner, can he eat him? No, no, well, he did kind of. He nibbled on the leg. I was like, hey, can I eat you? And he didn't answer, so he was like, oh, okay, cool, thanks, man. Are you trying yeah. to tell me? That, are you trying to tell me that the, the Jaws theme every time it plays is them like knowing, like, hey, he's coming, and then since they don't get out the water, it's okay for him to eat him. Exactly. They didn't pull themselves up by their bootstraps, therefore they gave <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'm kind of starting to see that. Like, it's, it's really kind of on the people for not understanding shark language. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's 1977. Let's get it the fuck together, guys. You know, like, if I, if, if I go way down Mexico way and I do something stupid because I don't understand Spanish, that's on me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kendo, remember the time Beavis and Butthead went way down Mexico way? 
Yes, and I remember I got to see that episode one time, thought it was hilarious, couldn't wait to see it again, and it got pulled from rotation. So it took me like 10 years to ever get to see that one again. Folks, if you don't know the episode we're talking about, it's where Beavis and Butthead go to Mexico and become drug mules, and they swallow condoms full of uh, pills, but they forget to tie up the condoms, and so yep. they get high on all the pills. Yep. Oh, my God, that's a good one. Mike, Judge, yeah. I love your work. That was one of those classic, it only gets broadcast once, and then they pull it. There was a lot of Beavis Butthead episodes like that, like the one where they did the Comedian Club, and Beavis was our... Did he try to juggle the chainsaws? No, he tried fire. juggling the newspapers lit on fire, and then some kid burned down his house doing that, and that one only made fire it through fire. one rotation of being shown on TV. How would you uh, feel about a Balls Watch starring David Hasselcock? I don't think I'd watch that. That Fair sounds enough. like something that probably exists, because I have to think there is a porno star named David Hasselcock. If there isn't, there's going to be soon. Now, what about Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Balls? Yeah, so Guy Ritchie classic. That is a classic. Uh, now, Zach Z suggests Balls of the Dead, Ball Fuzz, and The Ball's End. Ah, the Ball Meadow trilogy. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very good, very good. Very edge of your balls type cinema. Not as tasty as the Cornetto trilogy. Not even going to try, but yeah, there you go. Not a band account says, most importantly, what flavor of ice cream is the United States president currently enjoying on vacation? Pecan. Pralines and dick? Boom. We're not even going to follow up with that one because you said my flavor too. <laughs> Primer. <laughs> Thank you very much, Primer. Primer says, in 3535, reanimated horse hybrid Dion Green invents a transformation pod that allows people to change into whatever and whatever and whoever they want to be. So, Dion, in 3535, you are the world's greatest inventor. What are you going to turn into in your pod? Oh, ooh, I'm going to turn into fucking Superman. I'm going to go take Sigourney Weaver and fly to the top of the Empire State Building. And, yeah. Okay, what say you, Kendo? I mean, how do I follow that one? Uh, I'm going to say that... I turn into Superman and I go and grab Sigourney Weaver and I fly on top of the Empire Super or the Empire State Building and, and yeah. But I did it first. <laughs> Do some gangster shit. Oh, he's muting himself. I was gonna say, I was like, why is he disappearing for okay, so now I know. Cool, 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 cool. No, no, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. <laughs> we we offended him and made him mad. Folks, your super chats have offended Jeff. He's clearly sensitive. You sons of bitches. So anyway, it's a nice day outside today here in Bruce, Mexico. It is nice is and it? breezy. Yes. Breezy, it was nice and uh, sure. It was I was gonna say it was nice and breezy. I think it only got up to like 75. It was perfect. Now TLJ Screwjob says, uh oh, sorry, we already read that one about George R. R. Martin. He's fat. Fat. TLJ Screwjob also says Dion will admit to loving Dark Fate before games Game of Thrones is finished. Jeez. I mean, yes. It's not, not far from the fucking truth there. The flesh is. That's how confident I am. The Oscar-nominated a-hole says, Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Ravenway, and I have <laughs> 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 ebony black hair with purple streaks and red tips that reach my mid-back. Yeah. Good for you, sir. Do you go to Hogwarts School of Magic for vampires as well, too? You fucking preps. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking freaking perps. Uh, folks, we'll give you my immortal in 2021. Don't worry. Yeah. 
Uh, Adam Wofford says, there's a good chance that the Winds of Winter is done and George is scared of being canceled because it's a book series. Because what's in the book series? Also, ISC the video Monday and I didn't know it was recorded beforehand. Huh, the podcast? Okay. Oh, 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 okay. Hold on. Let me, let me go back then. He sent the super chat to last week's podcast that wasn't live. So give me a second, Adam Walford. While, while I pull that one up, guys, um, keep talking about George RMR. Do you think he's afraid of getting canceled because what's in the book? I'm afraid that he – I think he's afraid of running because he's got a fat ass. He can't run because he's got a fat ass. I mean, fair enough. Uh, so let's see. Almost there. Cesare Japan. Thank you very much. Not Cesare Japan. Crap. Adam Walford. Why did I say that? Anyway, let me scroll down a bit. And here we go. I don't think he's afraid of getting canceled. I mean, uh, I don't know. Now, Adam Wofford last week had said, uh, I was still looking for something to watch, but it isn't Thursday night. But here you guys are. Nice. How was Vegas, Jeff? Did you? Did other members join you? Eh, you can watch and find out how it was. But Nick was there. He was there on Thursday. Everything was awesome Thursday. We had a wonderful time. And the listeners are great as always. Matt G., Sent in a sad Super Chat sticker last week for the Suicide Squad show. Thank you very much. Cesario Japan last week said, Kendo, reminder that there was a Power Rangers in Space episode with the Ninja Turtles. It was weird, not counting Venus de Milo. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have watched, especially since you mentioned Venus de Milo. She's not your favorite turtle? Uh, no. No, no, no. Not at all. And then finally from last week, your Muslim uncle says, Bruce Exico Hockey. High five. There you go. I mean, there are some hockey teams in Bruce Sexico. I mean, I would go watch them if I had the time. Well, one more, and then we're going to get right back into the show. Thank you very much, folks, for everything you guys do. Megatron Prime, leader of the Decepticon, says, Hail, love you guys. I just found y'all, and you're my new favorite podcast, along with EVS Streams. Also, do you like the 80s Transformers cartoon? Well, let's break up both of those. First off, Megatron, thank you. Thank you for joining us. And we love to know uh, that we're your new favorite podcast. And Ethan's streams are a lot of fun, so you got good taste. But 80s Transformers cartoon is my favorite version of the Transformers. Let's say you guys. It's, I would say, my favorite version of the Transformers, but I was not really much of a Transformers person growing up. I was a little... I don't know if I was too late to the party or what, but I never really got into the Transformers. Nothing against them, just never was into them. What about you, Dion? Yeah, I always liked them. I mean, I was kind of laughing myself because I, you know, I'd say the the first Michael Bay one is probably my favorite of Transformer stuff. As much as I love Beast Wars and you know that string of um of the show that was on Fox Kids back in the nineties. I mean, I, I liked Transformers. I was just never really much about them. when when Transformers came back as we were kids in the nineties. By that time, I was really into wrestling and Star Wars. So uh, yeah, it just wasn't on my radar for a really long time. It was all right, but it just wasn't you know it wasn't that cool. I'm a little young for tra- Dion and I are a year apart. So Transformers right. had kind of ended the original run by the time I was born. And I like the first one enough, but I hate the other movies, but I do own, where's the camera on this thing? There we go. There's an Optimus Prime. So boom, I do like Optimus Prime a lot. Um, I'm always tempted to pick up those expensive Optimus Primes. And then I realize I don't like Optimus Prime that much. I just like to buy shit. So I don't right. So, guys, let's get back to the show. Folks, thank you for everything. We'll be back to you in just a moment. Now, what did I have here? Ah, Star Wars, Dion. I'm working on a video. I'm going to put this out because uh, this is a big deal to me. But uh, 
Who is your favorite bounty hunter? In Star Wars, it's clearly and always will be Boba Fett. And could you do me a favor? Yes, sir. Tell me what is the name of Boba Fett's ship? Slave. Wrong! Not anymore, Dion. Yeah, I know we talked about it. Did they officially do it? Yep. You ready to hear the fucking name? I got a video coming out because there's a point I want to make. Oh, goody, goody. All right, you ready? The new name of Slave One is... Fire Spray. What? Oh, come on. <laughs> Fire Spray? Fire Spray. I you guys would ready to hear bet about? that they would have steered into the whole debacle by calling it like Freedom Fighter or Freedom One or something dumb like that. But no, they, that this is stupider. This is much stupider. Who comes up with this shit? This Man, one. this is... Yeah, there you go. Man, who okayed this shit? I can't Im I, look. I can't blame Inspector Todd anymore. He's fucking dead. But you know why we shouldn't ever blame Inspector Todd for anything? Because where the fuck is that fucking Foley in here? Yeah. Well, no, Dion. I read an interesting uh, article from Martin Brest. Everything that Axel Foley does as a cop is based off the real Gil Hill, like the way he carries his gun and all that shit. Yeah. He coached Eddie. Yeah. Essentially, the the way that Martin Brest sees it is that Inspector Todd is. Axel's dad, and he learns all that shit from him. So a lot of the character traits come from Gil Hill, and I thought that was pretty fucking cool. Because, dude, I've watched that movie hundreds of times. I've never read that before. Yeah, man. Well, Hill and I recently watched the, uh, a documentary on White Boy Rick, the kid from Detroit that was, you know, in jail, got crazy amount of time, and how they pretty much were saying that Gil Hill. One of the reasons that he, you know, White Boy Rick stayed in prison was because Gil had this crazy fucking vendetta against him after he, you know, pretty much was one of the reasons why he kind of got brought into the light for, for um, uh, corruption and shit. And that was one of the things that kept him in prison was, was, was all that shit. So it, it, it adds a lot of dimension to that dude as a person. Now back to fire spray for a moment, Dion. Yes. Kendo. Um, I, the point I want to make is, Okay. Humor me, Dion. What year did The Empire Strikes come out? 1980, Jeff. Now, I know this is a hard question since none of us were alive in 1980 proper, but I'm going to ask you to just take an educated guess. Everyone in the audience, do the same. Put your thinking caps on and answer this question. Were there black people alive in 1980? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, yes, I believe that they were. Now, I think so. I I, I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I think it's it's hard to know because I don't know if our parents were alive. Dion, did they exist before 1980? Like, did the people that make us exist? Yes. The answer is fucking yes. My point is, what's the deal? There has been it's been called Slave One for over 40 years. I've never heard anybody bitch. It's never been a problem. I should be one of those people that would be offended by the phrase. No, because we're not fucking idiots. This is this is fixing a first world problem that isn't a problem. And it's like, why would you be upset? Because what is the line? You talk about, oh, abortions of culture, how they're ruining things, tearing them down, destroying them. That's what this is. This is change because they're afraid somebody's going to get offended next year when these assholes on Twitter fucking discover who Boba Fett is through the book of Boba Fett and become the biggest Boba Fett fans and buy a fucking shirt and a helmet. But, oh, God, the ship's called Slave One. I got a fucking recuse myself because it's called slave one that's all this is it's just a ploy for next year so they can sell more shit folks i've never said this but don't buy into it 
If you need slave one, get slave one. It ain't slave one anymore. So moving forward, you can't buy slave one merchandise. You can't do any of that because as of fucking August 17th, it's called fire spray. And guess what? Unless Disney's going to pull the shit off the shelves, which they're not. Um, what's the point? What's the point of all this? I know that was angry, but Dion, do you understand like why I'm pissed at how dumb this is? I do. I I, I I do understand. And, and for a good reason, it's just one of those things where, again, it's the focus is on checking all the boxes and this, this inauthenticity and, and, and disingenuous way of going about things just to, to, to sell more things because of, you know, a, a calculated risk and having a name, have a not so nice premise, I guess. You know, I get it, and and it's it's definitely a first world problem. And no one is going to have Star Wars. You know, no one's going to try and cancel Star Wars because of the ship being named Slave One, or because of a slightly adult theme in what you want to be a children's property. And it's and it's very frustrating. It's change for the sake of change, you know. And that's obviously going to you know, and it reflects in is one of the many indicators of what is wrong with Star Wars right now. Oh, I can't wait to get the Echo Base now. Actually, I'm going to make a. I'm going to read this one from Echo Base Network first. Uh, he says, uh, they're going to, sorry, first off, folks, I got the hangout with Nick from Echo Base Network in Vegas. Awesome dude. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. A lot of fun. Uh, knows how to party. Has got great stories and makes great content. And if you like me, which you're here, so I think you do, I narrated a documentary for them on the Battle of Hoth, which, uh, Nick, if you can share the link in the chat, please do. I'd love people to be able to hear it. Check out your work. It's great. Well done. Nick and Coach are good dudes. Now, they're going to change car, are they going to change car parks like Master Drive and Slave Drive, Slave Drive next. This name change is so dumb. Disney is so dumb. Will Anakin not be a slave anymore next, but instead a force worker? That's what I wanted to bring up. What is about Anakin Skywalker? What about all the slave trade in Star Wars? It, it's not a black thing. It's just a living creatures sold for work. Like that's all it is in Star Wars. It's but, an adult theme. And it's and it's it's not specific to just people of color. And that's the problem is this fear that it will be interpreted as such. They don't give a shit. They just we don't want to you know someone to come up with a concern over the name. Like this is just some corporate bullshit that was put on a PowerPoint in terms of I want you to come up with things that are could be a problem for the brand down the road. And that's this 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 corporate response you know it's not if it was a genuine concern you know you sure as hell wouldn't go after slave one it's just it's it's the fucking inauthentic response and in the, the corporate nature of it that pisses me off um i like the indentured servant one from mr pants would you mm -hmm. guys buy that ship yeah i'd buy indentured servant one i mean that would be i would find humor in that I would too. Uh, Disney doesn't like fun, so. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought up Dion the repetitive th thing of adult themes. Look, we have. I know George Lucas likes to say Star Wars is a kids' movie, but it's always been pretty hard edged in terms of the violence and what would be considered okay for a kids' movie: amputations, decapitations, weird familial kissing. I'm just joking there. But like Star Wars has always had a little more of an edge that even the prequels never abandoned. If anything, Lucas amped up the violence to the point with episode three that you got the first PG-13 Star Wars film. And I feel mm -hmm. that level of violence is perfect. I am not, I, Dion knows this about me, folks. I don't really like to watch RoboCop become RoboCop because I hate the gore. It's just oof, like, what the fuck? You know how much I like dislike that scene, right, Dion? Absolutely. But when it comes to Star Wars, I think it works. It's the perfect blend. It's, it's a... 
I don't want to say Shakespearean type of storytelling, but it's a very classic type of storytelling that duels to the death are a part of. It's that society. It's, you know, old world. We get it. We understand what it's like. And so being in war, being in battle, we got to take into account what Star Wars is actually about. It's not a sunshine and rainbows property. At times it's ugly. It's dark. Hives of scum and villainy. The heroes sometimes aren't even that shining. Look at Han Solo. You know, he's a bad guy, essentially. He's a roguish, you know, pirate. And then he comes around and saves the day and becomes a hero. Star Wars was never, you know, Mickey Mouse. That's what, when Mickey Mouse bought that shit, that's where it begins to die. Because just because it's a property for all ages doesn't mean it's a Disney family property. That's where the mistake was made. Well, for us, that's where the problem comes for us. They keep forgetting that Star Wars was for kids. Don't tell me that Star Wars wasn't for kids. Who bought the billions of dollars of toys? Who bought the billions of dollars of merchandise and shit? Everybody. Kids, adults, everyone. That's why before Disney got in bed and got involved, excuse me, they were able to put out tons and tons of Star Wars toys, action figures, play sets, giant ships. You know, that was all there. Thank you. In a couple of years, Disney's destroyed it all. So this is dumb. This is pointless. And at the end of the day, it just it's going to hurt their brand. More than likely. They're um, just going to do everything they can to drive away the old fans, apparently. Well, I think it's they're like, doing a good uh, job. WWE with their PG era nonsense and acting <gasps> like they've always been you know, geared towards a children's audience. And all they did was drive away the older fans. Yep. Uh, it's hard to stick around with it. Now, we have talked about uh, this lady for many years on the channel. Sadly, our best episode about her never got recorded. So, folks, there's an episode of World Class Bullshitters. It dropped December of 2018, the same day that Super Smash Brothers on the Wii, sorry, the Switch dropped. So, you know, it's pretty far back. And that is where Aquafina, for some reason, was in the news. But she became Aquifna on our channel. Yeah. So if you ever hear us say Aquifna, that's who we're talking about. One Aquafina. What is her actual name? Let me look that up real quick. Do you guys know off the top of your head? Aquifina. Uh, Nora Luna is her, is her name. So oh. <laughs> She rose to prominence in 2012 when her rap song, My Badge, became popular on YouTube. Good for her. Yeah, the world's a better place. But she's in the news today, guys. Would you like to hear about it? Absolutely. Uh, hold on. Let me pull up a good article for this because this one, um, this one's ugly. So uh, Aquafina is accused of appropriation after her black accent becomes the center of controversy on social media. Aquafina's notorious black accent made an appearance in Crazy Rich Asians, Jumanji, and Ocean's 8, which subsequently raised a few eyebrows. Did your eyebrows raise? Yes. I was wondering why she's in this fucking movie, but... I'll move on. Although the comedian has previously attributed her hip-hop aesthetic to the use of African-American vernacular, English, A-A-V-E, I don't know what that stands for, to her upbringing in Queens, New York, social media pointed out that Nora was raised in Forest Hills, a suburb with only 2% black people in it. So she's from where Spider-Man's from, folks, Forest Hills. Uh, it says, uh, Twitter's had a beef with Aquafina's black scent for years, but now things um, have gotten worse. So I heard this quote earlier, and we're bringing this up because Aquafina, we don't have a problem with her. It's that, you know, this is part of Marvel. Shang-Chi. This is Shang-Chi is yep. Marvel's next big hit, right, guys? Yes, sir. Uh, that's what we're told. Yeah, thank you. That's what we're fucking told. But uh, I don't I don't really feel that one coming. 
So this is on Twitter. This popped up. It says, Aquafina won't do accents, but will drop rap songs in black accent and won't apologize for using it for fame. And this is what Aquafina was quoted as saying. You guys ready to hear this one? This is this where it gets uncomfortable. Can't I wait. refuse to do accents. I'm not okay with someone writing the Asian experience for an Asian character. I make it very clear. I don't ever go out for auditions where I feel like I'm making a minstrel out of people. Huh. Yeah. How about that? That's funny how that one works. She actually said minstrel, too. <laughs> yep. She did. Her she quote. did. What the fuck, first off? That's all I'll say about that. But <sighs> you, you get to a point where you do your shtick and it works and you're you make it to a certain level and people start giving you stuff and then you walk it back because you don't want to offend you want to move on you want to get away from your past image um i didn't really have an like how do you guys feel about this though do you think her being cool with taking on the black accent quotation uh spits in the face of her other comments you think she's just a hypocrite like i do i think Listen. she's just a massive hypocrite yeah it's hilarious. It's it's absolutely hilarious. Don't get me wrong. Like I, like, I mean, like her, I guess you know. But you know, it's again, everyone is 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 has a lot to say and, and has a lot on the line until, um, and, you know, until it's time to make some fucking money, you know. And and she's she's the she's the girl that wanted to make some motherfucking money. But when you know you call her out, oh wait, no, but she she doesn't believe what she believes all the time, you know. And it's just it's just another example of how Hollywood is. It's just how, you know, everything's a big deal until I'm involved. And then let me explain myself. You know, everybody, everybody else doesn't get a chance. But, you know, for you, but, you know, it's it's my thing. I don't like doing Asian fucking accents because it's bad and blah, blah, blah. But when it comes to paying my bills, I will talk like a black girl all fucking day. Yeah. yeah. I am, for one, am really looking forward to her, the standard apology that comes out on Twitter or Tumblr that's, I understand what I did might be offensive to some people, but I'm not racist or prejudiced or anything like that. So I really didn't mean to offend and it shouldn't be considered offensive because I didn't. That I'm looking forward to that form letter. I'm not a racist, but apology. Right, right. you know, no one else gets to, you know, we, we, we don't need to take a moment when it's someone else, but when it's you, you know, you, let me explain myself. This is why I grew up with this, blah, 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 blah. But I don't do accents. But da, 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 and this is where the, it's just it's just another prime example of how Hollywood is and how disconnected they are. I mean, we saw how it was uh, in the Oscars. I, I put this in the exact same hilarious fuck up. You know, it's, you know, we care about all these people, uh, but they're going to wear fucking their work clothes while we're wearing tuxedos. You know, mm -hmm. like it's just this disconnected from reality thing you know how fucking long has it been since she's been around normal people where it's like yeah you know that should be a topic of conversation but i don't do fucking i don't do asian accents well here's that's a question. bad here's <laughs> like, a question get the fuck you. out of here with that shit did you watch crazy rich asians no i did not okay so we'll talk about that another time but ken jong plays aquafina's dad in that movie mm -hmm. now we've all heard ken jong's real voice right yes we've all heard leslie chow right yeah. Yes. In Crazy Rich Asians, he puts on the Leslie Chow accent and all this stuff. So I mean, like, you don't. It's it's acting. If you're acting, whatever, whatever, cool. But like, the art of acting has become too politicized, and it's like everyone is living under this microscope, and the world's just too sensitive right now. In a way, I want to be like, eh, everyone should just chill out and get the fuck over. But it's like, 
ah, the hypocrites, they don't, they shouldn't get the benefit from this either, if that makes sense. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If no one else has a benefit from the doubt, they, you know, and again, don't get me wrong, everyone thinking that way, you know, is, is nonsense, but, you know, you, you can't be an activist up until it involves you. Right. You know, that, the, the, that's the point of being an activist is you are critical of everyone and yourself. You're willing to, you know, take responsibility for things. That's, the, that's what's supposed to be the inspirational part. You know, but again, it's another prime example of, you know, I can tell everyone else how to live, but when it's me, let hear me out, you know. And again, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's a martyr until they got their fucking cell phone bills. I'm I don't really know what to say about her. I just it's like, hey, Aquafina, you said something stupid and it came back to bite you on the ass right before your big movie. Now, I know Shang-Chi is not catching a lot of people's interests. I think the CEO of Disney even called it an experiment or something like that. Did he not? Yep. Yeah, I think I want to say experiment was the specific term that he used too. Well, Bob, let's let's talk <laughs> about your little experiment, Bob. You, this you, franchise needs an enema. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my god, that's my next button. Fuck Joker buttons. Yes. With smile X. Dude, I'm feeling a Batman '89 viewing in uh, Cincinnati. A fucking man. Uh, Dr. Coffinez, I'll take it off the screen for you. I see a lot of people are getting upset looking at a, uh, a Queefna. Let me get a Shang-Chi image up here real quick because Marvel movies, we now see that they're, what is it? Uh, if you see God can bleed or whatever, if it bleeds, you can kill it. It's from fucking Predator. We'll use that quote. Like, the Marvel people should never now. see God bleed. Yeah. What is that from? Uh, it's, well, it's just an old quote. Oh. If you make God bleed, people will stop believing in him. But they say it in Iron Man 2. Okay. You make God bleed, then man will cease to believe in him. I think it's a quote or something like that. What was the line from Batman versus Superman about, do you bleed, you will, yeah. or some shit like that? Yep, where he rips open the fucking armored Batmobile or whatever. Do you bleed? And he walks away. You will. <sighs> oh, dude, random non sequitur for a quick second. Speaking of Batman, um, I was going through some music today. And they had the Batman the Animated Soundtracks on YouTube. And I was listening to some of the promos of Danny Elfman play the Batman theme on a piano. It's the weirdest experience ever. I'm going to send you the link later, dude. Okay. D deal. Oh, I got... It goes... Okay, so I was reading a book, folks. 90s kids. You'll like this for a quick second. X-Men the Animated Series versus Batman the Animated Series. So, love these shows. I actually know a guy that designed the Batmobile and the Batwing. Uh, we had Russell on the channel. He worked for Lucasfilm. Uh, he's a big artist. That's a big deal. Like folks in this field, what he does, he works at the very top. And he's cool. He's a really nice guy. But I've always loved the production of these cartoons because they're two of the most important shows from when we were growing up. And uh, the uh, the people that made X-Men were getting interviewed in the book. And somebody said something about the difference between, what's the difference between Batman the Animated Series and X-Men the Animated Series? And they just kind of made a snide remark about how it was 18 months so Batman had all this time, and X-Men was made overnight, essentially. But both shows are pretty goddamn good, wouldn't you say? 100%. I miss being a kid. Now, as a kid, you know, we were all roughly the same age. The Marvel characters we grew up that were popular were, were Spider-Man and the X-Men, some of the Fantastic Four, but it was really just Spider-Man and X-Men in the 90s. You had Daredevil, you had other characters, but it wasn't... Shang-Chi wasn't in the conversation. Shang-Chi hasn't been in the conversation until Marvel announced it. I think we had reached the point where hype 
doesn't do anything unless people gave a shit about the character. And I feel bad for this guy and everybody associated with this film besides the queef. Not <laughs> but in reality, this has no purpose. It has no part in society. It doesn't have any value. It's a weird derivative superhero movie. I mean, Snake Eyes just came out. What's the difference between Shang-Chi and Snake Eyes? The type of Asian guy. Yeah. There you go. One's from this it's, part of Asia. The, the other one's from a different part. The movies look identical. And that movie yeah. fucking flopped hard. I don't think there is a an audience for this besides that little red logo that says Marvel. Outside of this, this movie trailer-wise looks like Snake Eyes. Looks like every other fucking not great martial arts flick. You're right. It's pretty much what it is. It, you know, it's uh, you know, don't get me wrong. For in terms of the 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 martial arts genre, it's nice that it's finally getting a little bit more mainstream appeal. But it just sucks that it's being wasted on these type of films where it's you know it's again overproduced. You know, it's it's the corporate response to a legitimate trend. You know, people are starting to fall in love with martial arts movies again, and this is what a corporation does when it spits it, it chews it up, and spits it back out. It's the corporate response but don't get me wrong i think it looks silly enough that i actually do kind of want to see it you know some of the shit looks kind of cool you know but I, my, my you know me going to go see it is morbid curiosity to see how bad it is because i saw snake eyes and i'm like is it gonna be the same you know crazy ridiculous movie you know there's no genuine interest in it because it's just a corporate response to a legitimate trend and it's it's hilarious to watch it is i'm looking forward to I've been filming folks uh, Shang-Chi merchandise on clearance very early on, and now mm -hmm. it's getting even uh, clearance lower and lower. So be on the lookout, folks. I'm going to be out filming some content soon, but uh, be on the lookout for Shang-Chi coming to a clearance rack near you. Have you noticed that there's also a new com uh, competitor for peg warmer of the century, uh, the Space Jam 2 toys? Oh, dude, have you heard? First off, yes. I have seen those fucking rotten on shelves. Now I know the movie's been out for whatever, but those toys came out earlier. That thing, actually, the funny part is that it's a flop. Is A minute ago, it was a big news story that the people were stealing the LeBron James heads off the figures. Have you heard about that? No. Yeah. Hold on, let me pull that up real quick. I'll read it to you because it's fucking hilarious. Um, we can get rid of uh, Aquifna. Let's see, LeBron James Space Jam head. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's a weird thing to Google. Never mind. Let me change that. Yeah, that's probably change that one up. My toy head. There we go. Uh, they go for fifty dollars on eBay still. Really? People are stealing the heads of LeBron James toys and selling them for fifty dollars on eBay. Yeah, it's a TikTok thing apparently. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, right. so here we go. Uh, people are stealing the heads off LeBron James's space ball, space ball, Space Jam action figure. Huh. A new TikTok trend has a slew of headless LeBron James action figures. Twitter users reported seeing heads missing from James's Space Jam, a new legacy action figure, following the movie's release, leading to at least one retailer to lock up the toys. Hold on, let me pull this picture up for the fucking toys. Now they can say that's what's preventing them from being sold. Not that the movie was terrible or anything like that. It's because people were stealing LeBron's head off the figures. I mean, it's a first world problem. We should take care of it, right? Absolutely. Uh, sure. It's very important for the chill. Here we go. Here they are. Whole rack of them. Headless. <laughs> <laughs> Skin of headless LeBron figures. Holy shit. Yeah. Kind of a kind of a dumb gimmick. I don't get TikTok. I know I'm an old man. Ha ha ha. But it's like it's like eight seconds long. I don't even have time to figure out what the fuck I just watched. 
whatever. I'm looking forward to the uh, day that we get the super chat from Headless LeBron. Headless LeBron? Yeah. Oh, dude, we should this. No, 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 I got it. If there's a listener out there that is really good with jokes around Halloween, we need a Headless LeBron, like the Headless Horseman, to say yes. it. It'll be like, or, it'll be like up the ass Franklin or Jeff's disembodied Chard Fallis or Darth Vader. Like, we just anybody out there that can take it upon themselves that knows Halloween and LeBron James statistics and wants to make fun of him, please create the character. We'll love it. Now, um, Dion, are you upset that D2 is not going to be able to get a LeBron James action figure this uh, holiday season? I'm so upset. He was his, his little tiny heart, which is set on that little tiny head being connected to that little tiny toy. <laughs> what's, oh, what's worse than that? Nothing. Nothing. Watching the movie? Yeah. Something. Something. So we had this giant super chat from our friend Cody Town. I wanted to take the time to read that. Cody, thank you very much. He says, so mad at myself for being in Vegas last week for work and not making it over to meet you guys. Have a drink on me. First time, long time. Well, first off, Cody, thank you for the support. Uh, not even the super chat, just the support for being a long time listener. Uh, don't worry. Uh, if you're ever in Vegas again, I live just a few hours away. Uh, one of our friends, uh, Tony Tone Depp from Clown World Reviews, great dude. Uh, hung out with him in Vegas and probably going to make my way out there to hang out with him. So for people that are in the Vegas area that are really like, oh, shit, I want to hang out, uh, we'll make announcements. Don't worry. But uh, Cody, next time, man, we'll have <clears throat> You should let me know because I'm, I'm now Vegas adjacent. Oh, dude, you're going to get a call every time. Okay. <laughs> we had a pretty nice – actually, we actually had a fucking awesome Thursday night because we went to this after party. It was up on the – Almost to the top of the Rio Hotel, it had a 270 degree angle of the city. Oh yeah. my god, it was beautiful. So, yeah, folks. Uh, and if you have an after party that's fun, I might buy a pizza. I bought pizza last time, and we all were very fucked up, uh, drinking margaritas, eating pizza, and doing other stuff. It was a hell that of a time. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Oh shit! You know, it's funny, Donald Kemp. I actually had mentioned uh, you to Jesse, telling her uh, some of the stuff you send in and tell us about you. So. Uh, we'll be talking to you in just a moment. But guys, we have a meetup coming up in just a few days. It feels like Horror Hound, right, Kendo? That's what, three weeks from now? Something like that, yeah. It's September 10th, 11th, and uh, 12th. You know, Dion, um, oh shit, hold on. Let's see. Okay, never mind. That's an old update. I was like, uh-oh, COVID update. I can't handle any more fucking updates. Uh, let's see, folks. Sorry for the random uh, delay. Come meet us. If you want to come hang out with us, uh, it's a lot of fun. Make sure if you're in the Midwest to come to Horror Hound Cincinnati. Let me put the dates right here on screen. September 10th through the 12th. Uh, besides most of us that are going to be there, you can meet our uh, buddy Etep Kouyan from The Place to Be Reviewed. Superfan Adam Shawhan is going to be there. Like, it's fun to come hang out with us, meet us, but also meet the people that are in the chat, talk to them. And it's one of those situations. Come find us, hang out. Let's have some drinks. You know, we'll party. So uh, make sure that you guys come out there to hang out with us. If you're looking for other people to meet, you can meet Robert England, a.k.a. Freddy Krueger. You can meet Michael Rooker. You can meet Nick Castle. Actually, the guy. Ah, shit, you can meet the Phantom himself, Billy Zane. Mm -hmm. Dude, we got to do it. We're going to do a Billy That's Zane right. uh, photo op together? Fuck yeah. All right, we'll order one right now uh, off air. Sorry, Kevin Smith people. Not for you. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't that guy, pal. You're not that guy. I've already paid for Dante's autograph. I guess I got to pay it for Randall's at some point. Because Dante was one of the nicest celebrities I ever met. 
or Brian O'Halloran, excuse me, I'll call him by his real name. But he was a great dude. And uh, at my house, I used to have an I'm not supposed to even be here, or I'm not even supposed to be here autographed poster above my uh, door. So, yeah, I'm a fan. But yeah, folks, come hang out with us, meet us. Uh, even if you don't drink, come party or meet Paul Sorvino. I know that's what I'm going to do most of my weekend. That man was in Money Talks. So, Dion. Yes. Uh, in a minute, we're going to start talking about a god, god, god awful trailer in the Eternals. But, yeah, yeah, get that beer rate. Everybody, folks, if you're watching, get a beer. If you're standing, sitting, this is dumb. This is dumb. So uh, before we jump into that, though, let's read a couple soup chats, check in with the audience. Folks, we have over 420 watching, magical number, but only 294 likes. Pfft, what is that? Do us a favor, hit that thumbs up button, spread the word. Uh, we've had a wonderful year. We're going to keep on going. And by the way, for those out there wondering, uh, the comic, it's here. I'm packing stuff up, getting ready to start shipping it out. Like I said, August, it's still August. It's going to be out in August. So uh, be on the lookout for that. If you backed us at the top tier, guys, I didn't even tell you this. Don't think. I went and had custom boxes made. Ooh. Really? Yeah. And I got custom tape for the outside. Okay. So it goes custom box, shipping box. And on that shipping box, it's got custom tape. So I'm, I'm, I'm treating it right. I'm excited. I like me a good custom box. Oh, I do too. If I can customize my box, mm. I'm living good. The Oscar nominated a hole says, and icy blue eyes like limpid tears. And a lot of people tell me I look like Amy Lee. Uh, and if you don't know who that is, get the hell out of here. Fuck off, you perps. <laughs> God damn it. Now we have to read that. Megatron, prime leader of the Decepticons. Again, thank you very much. He says, also a side note, I would love to see Cecil and Anna on the High Council more often. Now, uh, more often, I know you have no control over that. It's just my wish. Well, Megatron, I... Uh, first off, I hung out with Anna yesterday, so we're all friends. Uh, and Cecil is a good dude, too. We can try. I'm going to basically what I'll do is I'll try to maybe line them up far in advance and then we can do some of these super shows because Cecil, Anna, Ethan, uh, some of my favorite people to stream with. I've had some crazy streams with just uh, Cecil and Ethan. We get into weird tangents. And Shane Davis this week was a lot of fun, too. So I have the opportunity to get to work with big comic book professionals because now I'm a I work in the field. I get a chance to stream with these people and tell cool stories and shit. So if you guys like that stuff, if you like uh, the chemistry we have, uh, just ask. You know, Megatron, you guys ask, and we'll try to make stuff happen. So thank you for uh, checking it out. And ask, and, and you shall receive. Hopefully. Hopefully. Doug Keller, thank you very much. He says, if you have a live stream about pulp comics and pulp heroes, you should bring on Razor Fist. Of course. Doug, if I'm going to have it. I would have Razor Fist on all the time, but it just doesn't work because everyone has their own lives. I would never host a fucking pulp stream without that dude, though, because mm -hmm. how? It's like, well, we're going to talk about Blade Runner. We shouldn't call Razor Fist up. We should. Yeah. Don't call the biggest fan and expert that we could probably find. No. You never do that. Who wants to have a good show with, uh, you know, facts and shit? People. They don't want spin analysis and Omaha Steak ads, right, boys? Correct. Right. Doug Keller, thank you very much again. He says, Ballbusters 2016, Lone Wolf and Balls inside Lydia's Balls. <coughs> hmm. Hmm, that's right, Kendo. Hmm. Uh, Primer, thank you very much. In 3535, after Robo Kendo warns past Kendo of the future, he will purchase OnlyFans' bankrupt assets and revive the site under a new name. Only shit. <laughs> Only bullshit. <laughs> 
Should I make an only bullshit uh, shirt? Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, we were going to have our merch store before the convention. So, uh, yeah, you just write that one down. <laughs> Up next, we also have our friend Primer. Uh, sorry, we just read Primers. Thank you. Doug Keller again says Jeff and Kendo should do a Patreon special talking about Beavis and Butthead. You want to, Kendo? Yeah, I'm in. All right. Uh, you ask Doug Keller, you'll get it. Uh, let's make that our next thing we record when we sit down. Okay. Because you and I could probably talk about Beavis and Butthead for 10 hours. We won't, but we could. Grumpy old bastard, great screen name, says, Dude, where's my balls? A Kevin Smith story. Well, they're in his wife's purse. Echo Base Network says, G1 Transformers was best. Also, is it just me or did all the 80s cartoons get worse once their animated movies came out? That's an interesting question. That is a very fair top, uh, question as well. Well, you think about the finite amount of money that goes into these things, and I guess... Well, I'll get to that point in just a second, Nick, but the thing I hated the fucking most is when a movie would come out and then they would the toy line would come out and that would replace the old toy line, but sometimes the movie toys sucked. So I wasn't there for Transformers when Optimus Prime died, but whoever replaced him may have sucked. But like when they replaced like the Power Rangers shit with some of the stuff from the movie, I didn't really like that one. But I and that's the reason why I brought up Power Rangers, because once that movie came out, that show got shittier. It looks cheaper. I wonder if it's a thing with all kids entertainment when they look at the brand of the, va the value of the brand. They look at the merchandise, they project this, that, and the other, and they look at how much they've made after the big investment. And if it's less than whatever, I guess they cut corners. So do you guys think there's a another reason for it? I mean, I, I can't think of one. I mean, no. Uh, maybe it's just one of those things where like, oh, it's overly popular now. We can put out whatever we want because people will buy it anyway. Dude, remember the other week when we made fun of the... Um, New generation wrestling crowdfunder. Yes, it ended up making its money. What? Yeah, wow. I'm fucking surprised. Yeah. Now, Dion, you and I are big Marvel Legends guys. Have you seen the Galactus they have up for pre-order right now? I have not, dude. It's a 31 inch Galactus. It comes with it's a it's one of those things. I'll sh I'm not going to show it because I'm not going to promote it for Hasbro. But my point is. You would think that big toy line would get its uh, backing right away. Yeah. Not yet. Really? And I was considering backing it because I really... Okay. So the Fantastic Four Vintage Wave came out, and I was like, oh, I kind of like the Fantastic Four. And in reality, what happened, Dion, was I moved, and I opened up all my Marvel figures to bring them right. out here because I couldn't bring them in the boxes. And so I'm like, I really like these things. Because before, they just sat in boxes, and I never touched them. And now I'm like... I kind of need the Fantastic Four. I need this. I need that to finish the collection because I got most of the superheroes. And then I thought, how do you finish off the Fantastic Four? With Galactus. Because I'd never buy another Fantastic Four piece of merchandise. So right. if that doesn't come to fruition, I'm canceling my pre-orders. Sorry, Hasbro. Uh, TLG Screwjob says, speaking of sci-fi movies, you guys ever see SS Doom Trooper? If the, dirty, it's, if the Dirty Dozen fought Nemesis from Resident Evil. Not that good, but Okay. I mean, that sounds of kind of interesting. Dion, aren't you a fan of that movie Dog Soldiers? I fucking love that movie Dog Soldiers, man. I saw it on one of the streaming services today and added it to my queue, but I was like, Dion swears by this fucking movie. So. I fucking love it. It's so good. All oh, the fucking B-level horror action. Oh, you love it, man. Uh, Salad King, I'm oh, sorry, TLJ Screwjob says, that Slave 1 pick on screen looks oddly phallic. Hmm. 
Maybe what's it called again? Fire sprayer. Maybe he's got an STD. Yeah, I was gonna say. What, maybe maybe uh, Boba Fett got the clap on one of those planets and he's pissing needles. Isn't he hanging out with some woman in the book of Boba Fett? Uh, yeah, like, it's the chick from uh, Ming Na, right? The end of yeah, the end of uh, Mandalorian. Dude, when we get to the Eternals in just a moment, uh, one of the actors' names blew my mind. I can't believe it's a real name. That's hilarious. Uh, Salad King says they should have named it Come Shot. <laughs> I mean, and that's extremely on the nose, but yes. Come, uh, come one. Coming clean. <laughs> Coming in socks. Yeah. Men Alone 2, the KY connection. Yeah. Dude, I was watching, before lunch, I was watching Chris Jericho's debut promo when The Rock is like, The Rock's got the KY jelly solution. And I'm like, Rock? Where are you going with this? I mean, I clearly understood where I was going with, but like some of his old promos, Triple H actually had a point. It's like, what is your obsession with shoving shit up people's asses? Yep. Yep. Uh, Echo Base Network, thank you very much. We did read your uh, super chat earlier about uh, Anakin being slave. Cesario Japan says, Fire Spray. What was Firefly taken for a ship name? Uh, that's a very, very good question, but I would like to think they didn't take that into consideration when they were like, ah, we're just going to name this thing Fire Sprayer because, uh, uh, uh reasons. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, uh, it'll come to us in a minute. Yeah. Dion, have you ever watched Firefly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought you liked it, or at least were aware of it or some shit. Yeah, I, I liked it. I'm, I'm not head over heels. People are obsessed with it. I'm not there, but it's a, it's a cool little show. Dr. Coffindale says, technically in the EU, Slave 1 was a modified Fire Spray 31 class patrol attack craft. Still disagree with the name change. Mm. So they're trying like, to get to, those, to the people that know these types of things to make them go, look, yeah, we changed the name, but we, we, we picked something really oddly specific to the EU. So like, you'll totally still be cool with it, right? My problem is we're going to start calling Luke's. It's now Luke's Incom T65. It's now the YT1300. It's no longer the Millennium Falcon. We don't. No, you can't call it YT. No, can't say that. You're gonna have to call something else. Now I'm upset. Yeah, it could trigger somebody. I'm triggered. There, yeah. Uh, Somebody said blurred Japanese genital one. Salad King, thank you very much for your super chat. That was his recommendation for a name. Just name it Hinomi Tanaka and see how many people get it. Oh God, I would, I will buy anything with Hitomi or whatever. You know who I'm talking. Tits McGee. I'd, I'd fly on that. I'd crash right into that. <laughs> Be safe too. Doctor Coffinales, thank you very much. Ajax the Greatest says Slave One was never offensive, but now the more you think about it, the act of removing the name is highly offensive. Who at Disney is associating Black History with the name of its ship? That's effed up. Ajax the Greatest, thank you for sending that message the way you did, because now I'm going to remember that critique moving forward. Why do they have to jump to black slavery? Messed up. Mm -hmm. And again, why do you get rid of it? You know, some of us here like it. Correct. Up next, thank you very much, Cody Town, for your generous super chat. I want to read that again. He says, so mad at myself for being in Vegas last week for work and not making it over to meet you guys. Have a drink on me. First time, long time. Again, Cody, thank you for everything, uh, for all the years of listening. Derry 2 and 7 says, did you, buy, did you visit Admiral Gender Studies at your local GameStop when you were home a few weeks back? Yes, I did, Darian 2 and 7, and I filmed it, and it's in the latest Star Wars toy video. 
The same store where I found Finn on the shelf four years later is the exact same GameStop where Vice Admiral Gender Studies was. And the guy at GameStop recognizes me, which is cool. I don't care if people recognize me, but I'm at the store trying to film. And he's like, what's up, Jeff? And I'm like, uh, and I look at the guy. He's like, oh, hey, I know what you're here doing, blah, blah, blah. I watched your show. I realized it was our store, blah, blah, blah. And he's such a cool guy. But he was prompting me. He's like, yeah, we sold Vice Admiral Holdo a while ago. So somebody took oh. it, but it was on clearance. Some poor Don't, kid's going to get a horrible stocking stuffer. You know what? It would be a really horrible thing to do. I have about 100 different Rose Tico figures. If I went to mm. Toys for Tots this Christmas season and just mm, dropped them all. Come on, man. Those kids are suffering enough, Jeff. I know. <laughs> do you know it's Christmas in Star Wars, though? Donald Kemp, thank you very much. Uh, he says, hey, guys, thanks for the laughs tonight. On my way home, had a death in the family. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Donald. Uh, if everyone can send thoughts to my father, Jamaram. Well, Donald is someone who's lost my dad. Uh, thoughts with you, man. And uh, you requested a Jamaram, sir. So on the count of three. Jamaram! All right, no one expects a Jamaram, so. Mm. But, Donald, thank you very much. And uh, if you need anything, man, I know I'm just a dude on the internet, but we're all here for you. Yep. Cody Talon says, side note, Florida res so looking, sorry, Florida res so looking forward to an Orlando appearance. Oh, okay, Cody. Well, we go to Florida regularly. Uh, anytime there's a WrestleMania down there, we obviously go down there. But Ethan's trying to set up a fan convention or something in the future, and I believe Florida's the location. So, of course, we'll all be a part of that and come to that. I guess, Dion, Kendo, when we're all in town for a trip like a WrestleMania or a Horror Hound, we should do better at organizing like get together so people can come hang out with us Absolutely. i agree uh, andrew clark thank you very much uh for your super chat he says thoughts on t'challa taking Thanos out of genociding sorry thoughts on t'challa talking Thanos out of genociding the universe what if episode two shiny effects tweeted about it wanted you to bring up the screenshots uh, i can pull up the screenshots if you'd like but i haven't watched what if i'm a little behind i have every interest in watching it but uh, what about you guys? Have you had a chance to watch it? Nope. What? Uh, one more time. Marvel's What If, the new animated series? Not yet. I have not watched it yet. I saw a lot of the uh, Rubble Rabble online, including what Anna was tweeting. Um, so I'm definitely interested to check it out. What yeah, Anna I tweet out? Because I'm I'm late to the party. Pretty much, she was just you know everyone was kind of harping on the fact that they just put uh, Peggy's fucking head on a male's body. And they, instead of drawing her like like what a woman would look like, they just drew a male's I wonder fucking if, body. And I guess someone found the concept art for it, and it was originally they just drew a dude and then just put a woman's head on it, which was hilarious. I wonder if they just traced over, like, you know what rotoscoping is, Dion? Yes. So for those who don't know what rotoscoping is, folks, it's an act where they used to take live-action footage and then essentially trace it and use it as animation. I wonder... To cut to save costs, if they rotoscoped that scene from Captain America in a computer or whatever, and then just put the Haley Atwell drawing face over, essentially tracing the Steve body. Yes. Now, when it comes to the what if storylines, I was a fan of the comics. They're kind of weird. This is probably one of the more pure versions of like Marvel shit we're getting right now in terms of like how it would be from the comic books. That being said, it's not that I love these stories because I haven't watched them. But uh, I don't know. I'm pulling up this image for you right now. Uh, let me pull up more stuff on Twitter. What do you guys think of the art style of this? 
It's I'm not a big fan of it. That's that, you know, yeah. that new I mean that that's clearly more animated for, you know, children of today, which you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, I'm not gonna fucking lose sleep over it. But it's just, you know, I I liked the more clean cut, less shading animation from when we were, you know, kids up to uh, to adults. So yeah, I'm not yeah. a huge fan of it. Yeah, I like the stuff that looks like it's actually animated. I don't have too much trouble with uh this style. Actually, kind of like it because it's not the Cal Arts style. There you go. In my opinion, the best animated comic book shit right now is Batman: The Long Halloween from DC on Blu-ray. Though not, it's not a commercial, but like, just Google that, folks. I like that art style because blending two D and three D is great. But at the end of the day, what Marvel is still doing, even with all the money behind itself, is it's not creating good art. It's creating flashy, poppy shit. If you go back to the nineties. They created a couple flashy, poppy, shitty cartoons. Spider-Man Unlimited, oh, sorry. Uh, Avengers, that shitty one without Captain America. Like, Marvel was kind of... They got lucky on two cartoons, but they kind of missed the mark, essentially. And I feel like they, they're they back to missing the mark where DC... It's weird, too, because Disney, built on animation, lost its way with animation. Yet Warner Brothers, who, in my opinion, has a much better animation history, still hasn't. That Warner Brothers studio animation style still is alive and strong. In the DC shit, that Warner Brothers stuff from last year, the anime, uh, the um, Looney Tunes, no, no way. Mm. So let's see, uh, shiny FX. I'm trying to find this person on Twitter. Okay, shiny FX, uh, cool. Uh, let's see what about the T'Challa stuff. I okay, so here it is. Wait, is this real? Hold on, let me send it. I can't believe this could be real. I send this shit. Hold on. Sorry. Take talk, talk a second, guys. Like this is retarded. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, totally, dog. Uh, I feel what you're saying there, there, buddy. Um, yeah. Um, Dion, yeah. Aquafina, would you? Absolutely. No, without hesitation. You know. But me too. Uh, uh, she's definitely cute for sure. I like. Yeah. You know, I can't look that shit. Look past that shit. Uh, but no, I just it's just you know this like over glossified poppy. You know, super soft animation from now. I'm just not a fan of. You know, okay, I, yeah. Everything being made to to mirror like Nickelodeon. I'm, you know, I, I I'm not a fan of that animation style. Well, here is what our friend Andrew Clark wanted us to pull up. This is Thanos in when Black Panther fights Thanos. This is what goes down. I'm big enough. I'm a big enough man to admit when I'm wrong. The oh, Charlotte here on. showed me there was more than one way. To reallocate the universe's resources. Sometimes the best weapon in your arsenal is just good judgment. That is fucking stupid. Yeah. that's a, That sounds like something like an elementary school teacher would come up with. Where everybody's friends and everything ends on a happy, lovey note. I don't like this. I don't either. No, it's not. Uh, it's that's hella not dumb, dude. Like, okay, so for those who don't know, Marvel's What If has an unlimited amount of possibilities. What if Jane Foster was Thor? That was from the 70s. These stories usually didn't suck. It's like the first one was, what if Spider-Man joined the Fantastic Four? And the cover's beautiful. He has five over the spider. Cool, he joins the Fantastic Four. That story makes sense. Why? Because in the very first issue of The Amazing Spider-Man, what does Spider-Man do? He decides, I need money. The Fantastic Four are rich. I'm going to join them. 
Well, once he finds out they don't pay, he says, see ya, and literally swings away. In this what-if version, they do pay, and he joins the team and that. And it's a nice, natural progression. What is this? Like, what is this trying to do? It sucks the air out of the room. So dumb. So, so, so dumb. And and again, I just, I just, again, trying to repackage it for, I guess, a younger audience, I guess, you know, it's just, it's very short-sighted, you know, and again, it's just this weird, you know, that type of animation dates it, you know, obviously we were talking about X-Men and Batman earlier, you know, that, that, that hard, you know, angled, everyone's got a, a chin, uh, smooth animation, you know, that's timeless. This, this weird, everything's kidified, you know, Thanos has this childlike face. It just, it's just, it's weird. It's so dated. This is not something that's going to translate for that, for the group you're aiming for as they become older, you know, the pouty fucking lips and like the, it's just, you know, all this making every character soft and nice and warm colored. It's just weird. Like, you know, you didn't have that in other, you know, other shows, especially when we were kids or even when we were adults, like you, the bad guys looked like bad guys. The good guys looked like good guys. They had all those mm-hmm. traits that stuck out to it. And now they just, everyone looks, you know, teeny boppery. And it's just, oh, it's so nasty. The only way this would be cool is if they came out with a spinoff called Life Lessons with Thanos. And it's like Thanos and like a Mr. Rogers cardigan jumper. And he's sitting there giving out life advice to people. Only destroy when you have to, Timmy. Yeah. See, I thought killing half the universe was totally okay, but I, I was wrong. What I should have done was I should have went back in time with the Time Stone and opened up a bank account for everyone and invested $5 in Google. Then we all could have money. That's a better way. That's a better world. Mm. Aren't we all better people? And it all ends with the kids going, thanks, Thanos. I'd watch that. that- that is the Disney future. Jesus. That's depressing as fuck. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know about that one, but uh, you guys want to talk about something even more depressing? Absolutely. Uh, might as well. All right, Dion, it's time to talk about the Eternals trailer. Oh mm. my God, dude. What in the fuck? Hold on. Where's that last one at? The final tra- Dude, this is the first thing I woke up to this morning and I wanted to go back to sleep. This was dumb. Dude, it looks so fucking bad. Holy now, shit. We'll, we'll piece we'll do a little uh, you know, e-fapping here. Not too long, folks, because you know we have finite hours on like e-fap is 27 hours. But not the TV shit. Um the first thing I want to say about all of this, the problem I have is obviously clicking full screen. The problem I have is this. We all bitched incessantly about where the fuck were these characters at the first thing this trailer does is show you two reshoots of actors standing in the middle of nowhere literally answering the question the audience has had since the first trailer dropped because of this stupid ridiculous premise oh we've been waiting we've been waiting we've been hiding on earth where were you when thanos attacked this fucking trailer makes some bullshit excuse I would bet, a, I'm willing to make a Dukes Brothers bet that this shot and the one a little later that discusses the fans' complaints were added later because they're, they don't even fit the fucking movie, dude. Absolutely. Like, this is the other shot. I don't know shit about making movies, but goddammit, it looks like they just picked this shit up 
right after. Like, this, this is a later edition. Clearly, when they put in stuff like this, clearly when they go back and try to fix the complaints of the audience, like there's never been a movie that is listened to the complaints of the audience and then, then literally the next thing was like, this is why. It doesn't feel natural and organic, but let's start at the beginning because I couldn't wait for that one. So, Dion, this one starts with a horse. Are you nervous? <laughs> uh, play it. I'm playing the horse. There won't be any sound. I got a couple claims this week. So, folks, here is Selma Hayek, MILF extraordinaire. Uh -huh. She's in a superhero yeah. movie. I mean, that's one way to save it. No, no, it's not. So, we're, we find out that the Eternals have been gone. They weren't allowed to answer the call because of the celestial said they weren't allowed to. Now, later in the trailer, it literally says, we love these people. We're here for these people on Earth. But they only show up when they're allowed to. Doesn't that yep. kind of go against, like, loving the people of Earth? Yeah, that's what I'm like saying. That. It's just so funny. Coincidentally, we couldn't... Baby, we would have been here, but we would just had another school. Well, let's, let's try this for a second. There's half of the population of the universe, but the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. Okay. That's stupid. Did That's you guys hear that? that? The energy from Thanos returning everybody is what, it was enough energy. So dumb. So. The return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. That's the whole <laughs> premise of the movie, folks. That is pretty stupid. Seven days. So in seven days, the Eternals have to unite and avenge the Earth. Wait, but they're already back. But they aren't back. They've been hidden for thousands of years. So these are the Eternals. They fly around in a giant Kit Kat bar. Yeah. Came here 7,000 years ago. So they came to Earth 7,000 years ago to take care of humanity. Ah, they're the ones that built Protect pyramids. Yes. So clearly they are an, excuse me, a benevolent force that comes to the planet and fights these creatures. Now, thank God Cyclops has finally reached the MCU because I've been waiting. I love the X-Men. Cyclops is my second favorite character, and I'm glad he's here. Oh, wait, Cyclops can fly. Now, here's the, what I consider the reshoot shot. We're going to pause it for a second so we can be transformative. But I want you guys to hear the audio dialogue. That Again, these all feel like reshoots. And yes, I actually do know how movies are made. But let's listen. You guys help fight Thanos or any war or all the other terrible things throughout history. Why weren't you here to fight Thanos in any other war throughout history? Again. That is a valid question. I understand people who say, it's part of the hype. It's part of the appeal. You can't have everything in the trailer. Actually... Marvel trailers show way too much and they don't give you enough explanation. If people have spent three, two to three months confused about why the Eternals are not here and they don't give a shit, you fucking ruined it. The hype, this is not WrestleMania. Like, okay, do you remember WrestleMania 31, how they didn't even promote the show until the week before? Exactly. This movie comes out in November. I know you got Shang-Chi next, but it used to be, oh my God, the Age of Ultron trailer dropped, but there was another movie coming first that you couldn't wait for. Exactly. 
that you can't get hyped up for shit down the pipeline anymore because it's this. We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. There you go. That's By who? Oh, Thanos is kind of a deviant. Now, this gentleman right here, the Celestial, is the reason why, I guess. Now, folks that are geek creaming their pants over the Celestials, if you saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 four years, God, is it four years ago or five years ago at this point? Uh, Whenever right. Part 2 came out, you saw the Celestials on screen. There you go. Sorry, Marvel, you're not getting my money this time. Oh, thank God. Dion, you share a birthday month with the greatest movie ever made. I can't wait. Now, we don't need to look at every little shot here and there, but let's watch this part real quick. Please be a front row seat. You know what's never saved the planet? Your sarcasm. Dion, has your sarcasm ever saved the planet? Uh, multiple times. Yeah. It, uh, it saved the show multiple times, too. Moving on. Chloe Zhao, everyone's excited because of her No Man Land movie, right? That's going to make a bunch of money. I wanted to pause it and end it here because look at these are our superheroes, folks. This. Who's excited for this? So dumb. I mean, I feel protected right now. I feel protected. My, my wallet feels protected from this movie. Now, the one thing I've noticed as of recent. Actually, way back in May, we have articles. Will Marvel's Eternals succeed? Will the Eternals succeed? Blah, blah, blah. Nope. I'm going to go with no on this one. I think this movie is setting itself up for a big old stinker of a failure. This is going to be, you know, the 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 same level as, you know, other films that are just so, like, pushed into the into the tip of the spear and just not being good. The letdown is going to be immense with this shit. It's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be a huge flop, you know. And and again, because you know, one no one knows who the fuck it is, but you're putting all your eggs in this basket to build these characters that no one knows. And you clearly you can't even make enough of a good enough trailer because you don't know what the fuck you got. It's just it's such a weird group to make a fucking movie on. Especially with old ass Angelina Jolie, like what? Well, it's a it's a one two punch of disappointment. <laughs> That's, I, yeah, I know I keep harping yeah. on that one, but it used to it used to not go well. This one looks stupid, but the next one looks good. It used to go oh, this one looks cool, but I can't wait for the one that's like four away. I just mm -hmm. I guess I'm just burned because I missed the hype, and they ruined it themselves. It's not like the audience got bitter and bitched until they made changes. It's like we just kind of went on this journey together, and now we're all ready to get off the ride. Now, briefly, I've been reading the comments seeing why didn't you help me fight Thanos, and people have ridiculous answers. So, folks, for the rest of the game, don't worry about the balls. Keep your balls in your pants, but let's, let's play this game. Why didn't Thanos help? So come up with a bullshit reason why Thanos didn't help. We'll play this game every once in a while. Why Thanos didn't help? Yeah, I'm sorry, why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? Excuse me. Thank you. So it says, why didn't you guys help fight Thanos? We couldn't find our way out of Ikea. Why didn't mm. you guys help fight Thanos? We hadn't been cast yet. And then here's my favorite one. Why didn't you help fight Thanos? Why didn't you just get the child to talk to him? <laughs> our hot pockets were still in the oven. Yeah. I'm he would have showed him the error of his way. 
Have you humans had those? That's one of your greatest creations. Hot Pockets? It's pizza on the inside. Yeah, but when pizza's on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. That's also a very true statement. By the gods. I want pizza bagels. It's nice that I'm an adult and I can walk to the grocery store. Yep. Question is, will I? As I like being an adult and I can go to the grocery store whenever I want. I mean, when it was open 24-7. But yeah, I can go, I can go at 10 o'clock at night if I want to. What? what all those things as a kid that were just treats that you were lucky to get at times now it's just like i can have that shit whenever i want why did you guys help fight thanos we were on restriction after mom caught us putting a flaming bag of poop on mr smith's doorstep <laughs> he called the shit poop yeah why <laughs> why didn't you help fight thanos we were all in quarantine because one of us got covid <laughs> we were all in quarantine holy shit there you go. That's that's our final answer. Uh, that's why we uh, didn't help. So I'm, I'm looking at the chat. <laughs> uh, my mom, Alpha Terra Neva, what's up? My mom says it's my turn to fight Thanos. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, Doc Rob brings up Selma's hot pocket. Dion, Selma high yeah, up, yeah. bro. Dude, she 100%. And she's almost 50 now. And she's still a dime piece. I mean... Yep. Was she not called MILF Extraordinaire on this channel? Yes, she is. She was... Oh, Dude, there's no decade that I knew her in that I didn't want her. That's insane. Yeah. She has always been one nice piece of age. I know, personally. No, you don't. No, you don't. Well, not me personally, but a guy I know, him and her, got it on. Woo! No, they didn't. didn't. No, no, they didn't. But you can imagine what it'd be like. Yeah, <laughs> dude, Jesse hadn't seen that movie until this year. What? Yeah, Change she fucking loved it though. Holy shit! Um, can anyone complain about Salma Hayek on screen? Hell there you go. We'll keep talking about the Eternals for a minute longer, but I guess we keep talking about the Marvel crash not because I'm looking to ha ha fuck you Disney. It's because this has been the biggest pop culture like event in terms of like a nonstop event that worked. They have tried to do stuff for years and years, but this one worked. Yeah. You may not like the films. Some of them, some of them are good. Some of them are pretty in it, but you can't knock the actual success. Like this thing did work. Endgame did become the biggest movie ever. Marvel was able to take C list and D list characters and make them big stars through great writing, Good writing, great acting, this, that, and the other. But now you kind of have the blend of, and oh, you haven't seen this movie, but a trailer is supposed to instill excitement. A trailer is selling me a movie. This isn't selling me a movie. This is selling me disappointment. Well, and, and again, we, we saw the version of Marvel where they had a plan. You know, we saw that obviously, you know, even with small deviations and new additives like Spider-Man, you know, the plan was to get to Avengers, then get from Avengers to Endgame, you know, to have, you know, to have some form of infinity story. You know, now we're at the stage where it's, let's just throw everything together, whatever sticks we're going to run with. You know, it's right. very so clear. It's it's incredibly clear that, you know, they didn't know, like, we'll, we'll try the Eternals and Shang-Chi, and then we'll do Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then we're going to do some more Spider-Man stuff. Like, there was no clear-cut vision for this next phase of after Endgame, and it's just so 
apparent that they've that they've you know they've lost the fire. They wanted to make the biggest move of all time. Well, this is what happens when you when you get to your goal that you don't know what to do afterwards. So we're living in the follow up era, man. It's it's well, a, it's a weird time, dude. Once you reach the top, there's nowhere nowhere to go but down. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess we just kind of got it. At least me personally have to come to terms with it because I. You know what my number one complaint is? And I think this is a lot of fans. And if you're with me, folks, press one in the chat. If you're not, that's fine. But, you know, as fans, we like to have something to look forward to and trust that there's going to be a lot more in the pipeline. Uncertainty in a string of garbage kills it. Like, it, I won't say it hurts, but you can't deny there was a buzz about this shit just a few years ago and how exciting it was to be a part of it. If you didn't like the movies, that's cool. You don't have to. But if you were in, you were in, and you knew it was up. I, I guess part of me is going to miss that. Yeah, you start. Hold on. It's probably the, another combination of Star Wars sucking ass. Avengers had ended like we had this really shitty ending, and then the world never picked back up. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of all she wrote. You think that's going to be how it is for the Marvel stuff? They'll never come back from this lull. They'll try to restructure and reboot. Or... Are we wrong? And these movies are going to be huge hits. And in five years, everyone's going to know who Selma Hayek played in the Eternals. <laughs> it's a possibility. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I'm very open to the possibility that we're wrong about the Eternals. You know, if this is the this is the you know we're in the we're in the prove it business now. You know, so it's you know if you say something, it either is that way or it isn't. So if we're wrong, I would love to listen back to when we thought the Eternals was going to suck. I think that would be hilarious. That'd be a great time capsule of where we were but to answer your question yeah this is absolutely at this point on august 19th 2021 the year of our fucking lord marvel is 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 waiting for that next big moment we're now in that stage similar to when disney was just putting out a bunch of fucking movies like the fucking you know the not the three amigos but the three musketeers and all those weird live action movies and the, the like we're in that that era of of marvel now and so you know i think this is going to come out it's going to be pretty hyped up similar to how shang chi's really being hyped and they're just going to end up not being that good you know so i think you know i think we've probably got another decade before we're back to marvel being the big ticket right and they just you know because the last few things they just haven't done it right you know and you know obviously that started with you know with captain marvel and, and and black panther and all that but the lack of 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 a complete vision going forward, you end up just throwing things out to see what sticks. And you know, they're they they've been at the top and now they've they've lost their way. They don't have that same vision for the entire franchise anymore. So who the fuck knows where it's gonna go? But yeah, I I I'm open to being wrong, but I don't think we are, boys. Yeah, I mean we we got to live through the greatest time, which was the 12 year MCU build up to the Infinity War Marvel. Now we're now we get to experience holding pattern Marvel, where they decide mm-hmm. what destination they want to land at. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, uh, the Eternals have been around since the seventies. Only the hardcore fans even know their names. And I consider myself a pretty hardcore fan. I wanted to do comics. I do do comics. Uh, fucking Spider Man's my favorite. I can name all that stuff, but. Even in the hierarchy of Marvel, these characters are very low on the totem pole. Yeah, it's, it's it's just not what you would imagine the the payoff to start toward. It's not what you imagine, 
your next build championship fighter to come out as, you know, the Eternals. Yeah. I mean, the Eternals are an older generation of Marvel fans. I mean, I know of them, you know, Jeff, I feel like you're the same way. Like we know of them, but we oh, just yeah. didn't read eternal stuff. We overarching storyline. Sure. But we didn't read eternal stuff. So to, to weirdly try and Hey, here's an, we'll just do what we did with guardians of the galaxy. Like it doesn't, it doesn't you, you had a plan with guardians of the galaxy. You don't have that now. And so it's just, you know, and then the, the way that they're parading Bucky around, it's like, okay, well, if that's supposed to be our tie into the Eternals, I don't think that works. You know, we're not going to, you know, this isn't going to be the next step. This is like, okay, let's see if this works. And if so, we'll go off of that. It's just, it's just a weird foray into the larger universe of the C and D level characters. And I just don't think that it's going to be worth it in terms of movie dollars. Hell no. I mean, if Selma Hayek, this was her costume, I'd still pass. For sure. I'll go see it at the very least for Selma fucking Hayek. And, you know, in the fact that Marvel movies have become kind of part of my family tradition. But there are a lot of fans like us that do that. That, that just, you know, you haven't earned that with this character selection. I mean, at least with the Netflix characters, though, you're going after the B level characters. You know, there was an aura of adult to them, so they were able to to genuinely create a hype. You know, with with Eternals, there you don't have that luxury. You're not going to make it an adult movie, so it's going to kind of be sold to the the larger portion of the franchise. And again, the larger portion of the franchise don't know who they are, so there's not going to be a genuine interest in these characters. Everyone's going to be like, okay, I guess we'll just wait till the movie comes out and see what they are. So it's 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 such a gamble, but such a weird place to be at with your marble. It's just such a weird place. Agreed. Uh, there's a weird place on screen, but we won't worry about that. Man Squatch says, why didn't you help fight Thanos? Because our dad made us retake all the grades, K through 12, or else we couldn't take over his company, but we decided <laughs> to become teachers instead. <laughs> Thank you, Man Squatch. <laughs> and uh, sorry, folks, but Salah's going to go away. No! I know. I know. I know. But uh, let's take a second and catch up with the audience. <laughs> there we go. Further win. Disney Star Wars, folks, in a nutshell. Salad King says, Blurred Japanese Genitals 1. Now, these are all in relation to the new names of Slave 1, a.k.a. Firespray. Mm. Kevin Castillo says, Johnny Sins 1. Damn. <sighs> Ouch. Salad King says Django one. The D is silent. Darian two and seven says Amy Reed one. Did she? Yeah, maybe. Not this time. Uh, Primer with a fucking winner. R. Kelly one. Because you're going to get sprayed on. Ew. 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 So, <laughs> Salad King asked, what are our thoughts on Suicide Squad? I know we covered them briefly, but Dion, yes or no, did you like it? Yeah, I did like it, yes. Kendo hasn't seen it yet. Nope. I, I liked it. I thought it was better than the first one. I would not call it a great film. I would re I will re-watch this movie one day. Uh, it's fun. I, it's like, I can't, like, love it or hate it. It's, like, right in the middle, but I like it more than other films I've said are right in the middle, if that makes sense. So that's why I'm. No, that makes I, sense. That's fair. Yeah. Adam Walford, thank you very much for your generous super chat. He says, "Efat meme turned Thanos into an accountant when he was wearing a business suit and using a calculator and wearing glasses." So he was almost there, being Mister Rogers of Mister Rogers of an account. 
being Mr. Rogers of Mr. Rogers was an accountant. Hmm. Accountant Thanos seems like a pretty, pretty good joke. It's better than Professor Hulk, which is not even a joke. It's a real thing. But no. I can't get over Thanos being talked out. Because the beauty of the character of Thanos was that he was right in his mind, and you could see why he was right, like why he thought he was justified. His mad quest in his mind made sense. You ever watch a movie where the bad guys are just bad guys because? Right. He made sense. Taking that away, I know everyone likes fun, and I do too, and I hate to be the guy that brings it up like this, but you're taking away the gravitas of these movies, and that's where the fun comes from, the emotional ride, the highs and the lows, not this <laughs> laugh for two hours. Fuck. They want us to be like idiocracy. They want, well, we live in it right now, but they want it to be where you just kind of look at one image on a screen and you react for two hours and go. They want minimal effort for all your money. Yes. And that's what this stuff is. The jokes, the this, the that, folks, have fun at the expense of these garbage decisions. Yeah. I mean, he Thanos is like the perfect heel wrestler. He can justify his bad behavior because in his mind, it's, you know, it makes sense. It's legitimate. It's what's best for business. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, like we've said on this channel multiple times, you know, the goal is never to have a generational movie that's respected and, and loved, right? They, you know, they want, like you said, minimal effort for all your money. So, you know, the, whatever is less of a gamble for the biggest return is what they're going to go with. You know, and that's that's what so much of that shit is. It's now it's just it's so corporate. It's just so corporate. You know, every once in a while, you know, we get a, a character, especially a villain like Thanos, who's very similar to you know Khan in Star Trek. That that interview that Mercado Montalban gave, where he's like, you know, in their mind as villains, they're not the bad guy, and that's what people respond to. And you know, to get a guy like that and to have him be dubbed down for like teeny bopper cartoons, it's it's just so corporate, dude. It's just so fucking corporate. Now, I wanted to share this real quick because earlier in the show I mentioned an actor with a weird name that's in the new movie. Uh, I have clarification from Jesse on how to pronounce this last name, but this man's name is Ma Dong Suk. <laughs> Just wanted to tell you guys. So when you go see Eternals, remember Angelina Jolie, Kit Harrington, Salma Hayek, her two best friends, and my dong suck. Enjoy the Eternals, folks. Now, let's get caught up with the audience because we have two more super chats and we're going to move into our next segment. So our friend Valiant Renegade, thank you very much for everything, Valiant Renegade. He says, the explanation of the Eternals should have happened months slash years ago. Disney just gave away IMAX shows of Shang-Chi last night in 25 U.S. markets to try and save it. MCU equal MCU hashtag broken arrow hashtag stick a fork in it. Now I got to look into the uh, screenings last night or this. Yeah. Last night, because we've said on this channel, Valiant Renegade, that this movie was a disaster in the making. And I guess um, Disney knows it too. Andrew Clark. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Good. Yeah. I'm I'm just reaffirming what you were saying. Just saying, Oh yeah. It's just, you know, obviously no one knows who the fuck it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Our buddy Andrew Clark, thank you very much, says, in what if Thanos works for T'Challa, Mary Sue? Aren't you, can't you hear our excitement, Andrew Clark? How excited we are by what they did with Thanos. I mean, it's the best way to write that character. You know, he, he sees the light and he realizes he could do more and he could be a better person. And really, at the end of the day, that's what we all want is really, really just deep down character growth and development. 
So Space Monkey 0899, you must be able to read my mind. I saw this article pop up and it inspired me for a video concept that I'm working on now. But Space Monkey 0899 says, Todd Howard has done it again. Skyrim Anniversary Edition. Again. But hey, they're adding fishing to the game. Yeah! Yeah. Now, Dion, you played that. Skyrim, correct? Absolutely. Like a decade ago, right? Well, yeah. Well, Hillary got a decade ago. I played a little bit and then, you know, picked it back up when it was re-released. And it's, yeah, it's one of my favorite games of all time. I have played it. I enjoy what I've played. The only complaint I actually have is a game like Skyrim or... Trying to think of another example. The point is, Skyrim constantly being released is the biggest issue I have with entertainment right now. We live in this recycle era in games where it's been almost 10 years and we still have played, we're still playing Grand Theft Auto 5, but we're getting re releases and updates and all this shit. We keep remaking the same video games, dumber and dumber and dumber. And cool, Skyrim's great. I'm not here to shit on it. But can we stop putting Skyrim on every fucking console? It's 10 years old. I don't like when Nintendo puts the same game on every fucking console either. It's like we can't move out of the same couple games. I get it. Call of Duty's successful. But at least they put out a new Call of Duty all the time. It's fucking... It's the same game every, ten, every couple years. I just don't get the appeal of constantly re-releasing it over and over again. It's just like, why wouldn't you play it on a computer where it never goes away? I I gotta disagree with that one. I think if you know, while I understand the overall concern, especially with where, especially with what the industry is now, if there are any games that you, you know, any games that you do re-release over and over again is a short list. Your your fucking your Mario RPGs, your your Mario sixty fours, your you know, if, if any games are that, Skyrim's on that list. You know, and I and I and, and while I agree that the industry in of itself is having a really big creative problem because they're they're in the same place as movies right now. They want they want a certain return, and that's what drives the the ideas and everything behind video games. But Skyrim is one of the games where it's okay for me to to have it come out with every new console. I think that's fucking great. You know, it's 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 not the issue. It's just. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, any issue someone has is a result of the rest of the genre. It's not, Skyrim is not a, a symptom of the problem. Would you play Skyrim on the Atari 2600? Goddamn right I would. I used to be an adventurer like you, then I took an arrow to the knee. <laughs> My man. Now, folks, it is time for, I guess, our favorite segment of the show. It doesn't matter! Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this weekend, this Saturday, is SummerSlam, which is rare. There's never, right? Has there ever been a Saturday SummerSlam? There was Thursday Survivor Series for a couple of years, but never. SummerSlam's always been a Sunday, correct? I don't. Right. Yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, there's definitely not, but it's always been on Sunday. You're right. So, SummerSlam is Saturday. It's not on Sunday? Correct. It's Saturday night, yeah. Oh, so I will not get to watch it live because I will be watching the Pacquiao fight. Oh, hold on. This is weird. This Saturday, Summer Stream, Summer Se- I can't speak. I'm not retarded. Summer Stream. This Saturday, SummerSlam streams live exclusively on Peacock in the United States and the, ah! United- and the WWE Network and everywhere else on Sunday. Say that one more time. Wait a second. This Saturday, SummerSlam streams live exclusively on Peacock in the United States on the w- and the WWE Network uh, everywhere else at 8 p.m. In addition, get the kickoff this Sunday. Dude, they're fucking re 
playing it on Sunday and acting as if it's a fucking just as big as watching it live. Yeah, right. insane. That's fucking insane. Where you were talking about idiocracy, this is it. Yeah, this is a live event, but watch it the next day and it's just as good. We swear. Yeah, that's insane. We are having SummerSlam on Saturday night, and it's exclusive only to people with the Peacock Network in the United States or you know the WWE Network across the world. However, you can also come back and watch it on Sunday. Let's That's give insane, a dude. let's give a couple predictions on this year's card. You okay. guys ready? Yeah, let's do it. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Dion, who uh, you got? Or Kendo, uh, you go first. Uh, I'm gonna you uh, give me a give me a Drew McIntyre to use his big sword that he named after his late mother, who I don't believe is dead, to depacitate him. Dion, you got a better prediction? I do. I think he's gonna use the power of the tooth of the Loch Ness monster that's in, inside the sword to slay the evil that is inside of Gender, uh, and they will bring back two of the three men band to reform and become part of the warrior clan that is Drew's entourage. But yes, I, I do see Drew winning that match. Yeah. Yeah, I say Drew McIntyre wins, uh, matter-of-factly, because Drew McIntyre's on a pretty good run. They haven't booked yes. a guy this decent in years, so seriously. Outside of his promos. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, like, his actual... Like, he won the Rumble last year, won, Wrestle, won the main event at WrestleMania last year, and has been relevant all of 2021. When's the last time they did that and you didn't want to pull your hair out, like Roman Reigns or John Cena? Exactly. I mean, that's... This is really interesting. And I I know it sounds kind of boring. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, because they don't do normal shit. It's so nice when you do something normal and basic, like book a guy the right way to be a star. It's so yeah. refreshing. You can finally get behind somebody because they don't do stupid shit like get eaten by zombies. Don't remind me of that shit. Yeah. Dion, they once got eaten by zombies. The Miz's only injury in his entire wrestling yeah, career. Yeah, he tore his career doing that dumb shit. Well, hey, no, you know no, no. Because the other day, he was up and moving around just fine. So I don't. It was a miracle, did. bro, because it's the fucking Miz. Calm down. Maurice has those powers. Listen, I no, mean, no, there's a lot of if, healing juices going on there. That lucky man. Saying, if, if if there was ever a statement like that that would be true, I would believe that one. Yeah, the Miz. I don't think any pro wrestler has ever had a better home life than the Miz. Like nope. the Rock, Stone Cold, they're bigger stars. Hulk Hogan, but the Miz just wins. He's got a hot wife. That's awesome. What else do you want? Like he's got he cool kids, a great to house. Go home to Maurice. Yeah, Seriously. I met them once. It was cool. She looks great so in person. She what? She looks great in person. Oh. I believe it. She looks good oh, on TV. Hell yeah! And the French accent, goddamn. Poor Claw. Now our next match is the United States Championship, Sheamus Champion versus Damian Priest. Uh, who do you got here? I think they're gonna have Damian Priest because Sheamus has become the dude to put people over, and they're they're gonna they're gonna put a little tiny rocket on Mister Damian Priest, and that's what we're gonna get at SummerSlam. I believe in the power of Seamus, and I think he's gonna win. I'm gonna go with Damian Priest as well because Sheamus is very directionless, and this seems like a nice little bump to give Damian Priest. This is the same. This is the same thing that's gonna happen when they put the title on Sheamus so that he can give it to Roman. It's the same thing. Up next is a match I didn't even know was on the card. Edge versus Seth Rollins. Yeah, yeah, because he Seth went crazy at uh at uh was it Money in the Bank or whatever, because he was he was saying he was supposed to win. And yeah, mm. I think I think it'll be a good match, but I think I think Seth's going over. Yeah, give me Seth Rollins. Uh who I'm gonna throw Edge out there. I'm gonna say Edge wins because he hasn't won many matches lately. 
Uh, like on the grand stage. Uh, the he, big won stage. The, he won the greatest wrestling match of all time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a marketing gimmick. What do you want? <laughs> uh, here we go. I didn't know this was going on either. The SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. Jimmy and Jay Uso versus Raymond Adam Mysterio's Ray and Dominic. Ray and Dominic are taking that one back. DUI, you say that. The Usos win. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Usos as well. Not because I'm afraid of my life. You fear for my life just because. Anyway, Raw Women's Championship triple threat match. Nikki Ash versus Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. They're they're gonna they're taking it off of Nikki Sally. You yep. never ever bet against Charlotte Flair on a pay-per-view title match. God, she's disgusting. Anyway, SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair defends against Sasha Banks. Who we got? Bianca retains. Mm, I'm gonna say it's boss time, Maggle. I say it's boss time as well because we're going to get Charlotte versus uh, Sasha Banks and unify one of those titles. That's a guess. Ooh, I like where your head's at there, sir. Yeah, me too. Uh, Bianca Belair. Anyway, WWE Championship. I can't believe this is a thing. Goldberg. I know. I know. There's a title shot against Bobby Lashley. Instead of giving me the answer alone, tell me who do you think is going to win and how quick do you think this match is going to be? This match lasts seven minutes and it's Bobby Lashley they te- they do the feet of strength throw each other around Bobby beats him up outside the ring they get in then it becomes a battle of the spears uh, Bobby's spear wins and he retains uh, I'm going to say that this match goes about five minutes and Bobby Lashley Loses to Goldberg, but Big E cashes in. Oh shit! I forgot that's a thing. If Big E walks out of SummerSlam the WWE champion, I'll be cool with that. Dude's put in his time, definitely can carry the company, do the work, and is good in the ring. So I'm okay with that one. But I'm gonna be controversial. I guess Goldberg is gonna walk out of this within three to five minutes. I'm gonna go three minutes. Goldberg wins the championship. Goldberg is our new WWE champion. You mm-hmm. guys are crazy. You guys are so crazy. This is just, a, they're just giving Bobby the wins they should have gave him back in the uh, 2006, 2007, 2008. And now finally, the main event Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns versus John Cena. You say Roman Reigns? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Roman Reigns. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns as well. Now, yeah. I think Roman Reigns is going to be the champion until The Rock beats him at WrestleMania. That's yes. it. I, I agree. It's good. They're, he's going to hold till WrestleMania. Now, our friend Darian217, I really wish we would have been going to Las Vegas this weekend. He says, heading out to SummerSlam, wish we could hang out and chat wrestling. Next weekend is making a backup of all OnlyFans content before Oktoberfest. So, but before October 1st, like Nick is doing, hence why he's not here. That's probably an accurate statement. Yes, I think that's very fair. Yeah, Darian two and seven. I'm sorry I wasn't able to make it out to both. It's just kind of hard, you know, with the channel and all that. But we'll definitely go. One of these times, we actually need to just work it out where we go to wrestling and just hang out at the event and talk shit the entire time. That would be fun. Um, we can make that happen. Folks, come to a WrestleMania one year. We'll have a party in the event. Adam Wofford, thank you very much for your generous super chat. He says, so Thanos and Darkseid Thrawn are far more smart for Hollywood to tackle because they aren't. there aren't as many smart... Sorry, let me reread this because I'm thirsty. Get some water. <laughs> so dramatic. 
I know, right? I just I live the life twenty four seven. You ain't playing no game, son. That's right. Son, this is world class bullshitters. All right, we yes, play sir. to win. That's right. I kill for fun, man. That's what I do. I love money talks. <laughs> Such a great fucking movie. Yes. If it can, you know what? I'm gonna spend the money. I'm gonna get a decent money talks poster in Paul Sorvino to sign it. Fucking love Goddamn that. Goddamn right you are. And I'm gonna tell him too. Like, man, you're the one of the best parts of that movie. He's not even half Italian. He's uh. he's half and half Italian. He's half mood. That's a great movie. Um, so let me reread this, Adam. Sorry. So Thanos and Darkseid. Uh, Thrawn are far more smart for Hollywood to tackle because they aren't as smart as they think they are. We got lucky with Thanos, but we saw how Darkseid was handled. I'm kind of pissed about how Darkseid was handled because that scene in the Snyder cut of how he gets his head cut off, or when Steppenwolf gets his head cut off and you're watching Darkseid and Granny Goodness and the entire Apocalypse army getting ready to swarm on Earth, I kind of wanted to see that. I didn't care what we just saw in the Snyder cut. The next part was interesting to me. But, um... I think we're. I think that has hurt Darkseid for being relevant for at least ten more years. What do you guys say? Only on and film. I I don't think it, I don't. I wouldn't say ten, but it's definitely going to hurt him at least for three to five because you yeah. just you have someone into into his point. You know, some people don't know how to write smart characters. You know, we were lucky with the fact that you know we had the Russo brothers handling. Uh, Thanos, and and you have someone who, in of themselves, is an egomaniac. And Zack Snyder, he he can't write a character that's smarter than him. He just doesn't have the chops for it. And yeah, and so yeah, I, I'd say it's three or five before anyone takes Dark Side seriously outside of video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely taking a beating there. Uh, up next, we have our friend Darian Two and Seven who asks: Is Vince killing WWE's future by gutting NXT's roster? What do you guys think? I don't he's, think it is he's him putting us back for sure. Yeah. I was gonna say he's he's dialing the clock back, but I wouldn't say he's gutting the future. He's just trying to reshape it in the image that he wants, which is big hulking, you know, big sweaty muscular men with long wet hair because that's what gets his rocks off. Yeah, no, I, I, I think I think the problem is he's seeing how um no Dixon, I wasn't in Vegas. Things really went a little bit differently, but um, yeah, I, the, the issue <laughs> that was for you, buddy. The, the the issue is he's seeing what NXT is doing, and he wants to bring that back to Raw and SmackDown. You know, he, you know, he's seeing the takeovers, he's seeing the sneezes, he's seeing the respect that NXT is getting, so he wants to bring that back to towards towards the the flagship of the show because he knows that him and his writers aren't doing it on Raw, so they're just trying to. You know, get back to well. If we just bring them to Raw, that's going to fix things because we don't have the. You know, obviously it's misguided, but he, you know, he's doing what he thinks is going to work, and you know, it's going to prove yet again that he's out of fucking touch. Look at the man's eyebrows. Uh, (laughs) Oh my god. Um, I think Vince is just destroying himself before he goes out, and it's stupid, but he has built something great. And he should have handed the reins over to Triple H. Right, really, I hate to sound like that guy, but Triple H cares. Triple H, I had an yes. idea for a show. If you ever did a show on the biggest fans of anything, like the biggest comic fans, the biggest whatever, if you ever did a show on the biggest wrestling fan, it would have to be about Triple H exclusively. Because he was a fucking fan, and he became a wrestler, and he owns wrestling, essentially. Nobody else did it better. And so 
yeah, I do think the guy has the propensity to make really good wrestling, but Vince is the one that always screws it up. So, yeah, Vince is fucking it up, and I, it's hard to care. I know it sounds so defeatist, but if Vince doesn't give a shit about booking good wrestling, why should I go out of my way to watch his wrestling? No, that's very fair, man. You know, and obviously, you know, Kendall definitely jumping on this point I'm about to make. I want to hear what you think about this. You know, but you know, Vince is where is now where where Marvel's heading. Where it's, you you've been at the top for so long, and you don't know how to be the guy who has to make the show good. You're always going to be the number one in that area, but you there's no pressure. There's no. There's no fire on your ass to make the show good. And he's dealing with that right now because he's so fucking old. And that's where Marvel's going. That's why the Eternals is so whack. That's why Shang-Chi is probably going to end up being like Snake Eyes, a fun little dumb whack ass movie because they're, they're at the top now. And it's just hard to maintain a consistent, interesting project or product when you've been, you, when you've been number one for so long. And that's why Vince is just, so out of and like I said, and, and to your point, and you and I totally agree. You know, he's always been the bridesmaid. He was the he was the B side to Rock, the B side to Austin, the B side to even when Taker was hot for a little minute. You know, he was never the man. And even when he did dumb shitty things, as you know, during the Reign of Terror, it was because he loved wrestling. He didn't do it because he's a fucking asshole. He did it because he's like, okay, this is what I think is best. Because I he, he was wrong, but he you know he never took it for granted and i think that's the difference that vince is missing right now because he's like yo i married into the business too i married your fucking daughter you know just you, it can be better you can tell when he knows it's maybe that's what it is that's good vince point. is just getting back at him for banging his daughter he just did the slow <laughs> long play right. oh, so son he's of a gutting bitch. his he's gutting his roster he's calling up his projects that he's made incredible wrestlers and is just slowly burying them and killing them just because He's trying to pay back Triff for slipping old Steph the high hard one. Listen, that's that's he that's got to be the world's greatest wrestling promoter. Yeah, seriously, I mean that would be a Vince McMahon thing to do. But nothing oh, you says think you're a better promoter than me? Think you're a better bugger? <laughs> Fuck my daughter! I'll show you, son of a bitch. <laughs> we should just do Kendo dubbing Vince McMahon. Yes, he's so fucking good at it. It's such good shit. Such good shit. Yeah. So what he'll do. I'm gonna get his, I'm gonna take his best wrestlers. I'm gonna bring him out to the main roster, and I'm gonna fucking wreck him. I'm gonna really package him, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, Vince, I'm so why'd you do that?" Well, I'll fucking show you what I'm gonna do. You fucked my daughter. Now, have you guys heard about killed test? Oh, oh. whoa! Jesus, well, you just ended me <laughs> mid sentence. Uh, hold on, let me pull this up real quick. Uh, that tonight is an anniversary of a show, but there is a pressing topic I know a couple people in the audience will want us to cover briefly. CM Punk to AEW. Is it happening? Dion and I were, we're literally talking, talking about, about this right before we went on the air, and you had to go fix your microphone. We, On the one hand, we want it to happen because you know we want to see Punk come back. We want to see the competition get a little bit better and that AEW get that bump and everything to try to push WWE. But at the same time, as hyped up as they've made this, as, as telegraphed as they, they've yes. put this move out there to be, we kind of want him not to show up just to get Tony Khan to have it blow up in his face for fun. So, like, the selfish part of us wants us to see 
either one of those scenarios play out because it's going to be great no matter what. But the meltdown, the yes. meltdown online if he doesn't show up is going to be oh so incredible. It's going to be fucking hilarious. Now, did you get a chance to watch Roman Reigns talk about how CM Punk wasn't as good or as over as people say? Yeah, no. I thought that was a that was an interesting little fucking gimmick they had him run at the last time. Did you hear Mick Foley's response today? I did not. All right, this is from Mick Foley. Excuse the yelling in the beginning because he's yelling. CM Punk was damn good and damn over. With one interview, he changed the course of the wrestling business. He had great matches with a wide variety of opponents on a nightly basis. When, if he returns to wrestling, he will once again be damn good and damn over. What do you think about Mick Foley's statement on CM Punk? I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I think Mick is taking the bait a little bit. I I think that's very clear that that's Roman working everyone. But yeah, no, he's not wrong at all. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, listen, it's going to, either way, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting in that, boom, he's, he's back. Or it's going to be interesting in that, boom, Tony Khan pulled a Tony Khan and Kendo and I were right all along and we're going to laugh our asses off. Hey, uh, speaking of laughing your asses off, uh, did you guys see the new Mattel Macho Man figure? No. Yes, I literally saw that. Kendo, check the chat real quick. Yeah, I was butt fucking around before the show, dude. Might have to get it. Oh, I'm buying this in a heartbeat because Kendo, I just want your reaction to what's in his hand. Oh, me meow. (laughs) So, folks, if you're coffee in the big time, yeah, coffee. Uh, so, folks, if you're a Macho Man Randy Savage fan, and you are because you're all smart, uh, one of Macho Man's greatest promos was he pulls out a fucking coffee creamer and goes, the cream, I am the cream. <laughs> so it's just this the great cream promo. always rises to the top. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You see, you come in, you have a big day. You think you're great, but you're just a cup of coffee in the big time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, fine, I'll show up, Miss Ninja Julian, since you asked me to so nicely. The cream always rises to the top. Spam it to a Slim Jim! Yeah. Ooh, there, it. there it is, folks. It literally, we're geeking out because an action figure comes with a coffee creamer. Yes. It is one of the greatest promos of all time. If only other companies, Hasbro, would put this much detail on their Star Wars figure. Oh, wait. They're based on Ray and Admiral Holdo. I'm Sorry, still folks. pissed that I never got the Virgil first ever in the line action figure that me and you saw at the Toys R Us that one day. Like, All 40 of them? Almost four years ago. And I was like, oh, shit, Virgil? They finally put out a Virgil? I might buy this just for fun. I was like, ah, you know what? It's 20 bucks. I'll pass on it for now. I'll wait till it gets a lower price. And then Toys R Us went out of business. You know what we'll do? I'll be on the lookout for you. Okay. And uh, if we're ever at like a wrestling show, I'll buy you a Virgil figure and get it autographed. Fantastic. I I almost the other day bought, I f- was at the store and they had the Bobby the Brain Heenan in the weasel suit. And I almost bought it, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can really pull the trigger on this one. But if it's there tomorrow, I will. Dude, I want that one. I picked up This Is Your Life Rock, which is a nice. little box set. And then I showed Jesse the promo. So it was all like a big thing. But my God, do I fucking love uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. Sorry to go off on that mm. tangent, folks. It's okay. And it, it's a good topic, considering most of the stuff we've had to talk about tonight. That's true. Now, this last topic, uh, just briefly, tonight is the 20th anniversary of SummerSlam 2001. Yes. 
Yes. And I will be the first to say this isn't the world's uh, greatest SummerSlam, but it's the most important SummerSlam to me because let me paint the picture real quick. April 1st, 2001, 12-year-old, 13-year-old Jeff, 12 still, was sitting at home watching WrestleMania 17, and I watched The Rock get screwed over by Stone Cold and Vince McMahon. I had never ordered a pay-per-view, and I would never been so disappointed in my fucking life. I was angry. We yelled at the TV. It was great. That's what it's supposed to do. Get you involved. So the next night on Raw, The Rock gets fired. I'm like, oh, God, am I going to still watch wrestling? Of course I fucking did. Long story short, we get to the summer, and I got a direct TV magazine, and this is on the cover. And I was like, holy shit, SummerSlam. I cannot wait to watch this show. And it was months before. It was like a couple weeks before they even announced that he was coming back. So it's like I got to know what was happening. And, man, this was awesome. We ordered it. I watched it twice in a row. It was fun. It's got great matches, and we're going to talk about those briefly. But before I get into any more of SummerSlam 01, uh, you guys have clearly seen the show. Did you watch it when it was new, or have you watched it later from the archives? <laughs> you know me, man. I, you know, we didn't have cable uh, or or pay per views when we were kids, so I got all of my news from SmackDown. So I remember the build toward this, and then I remember having to wait until the next Thursday. You know, obviously, you know, you you hear about what happened, but I had to wait till the next Thursday to see, to hear what happened. So I remember those um, days. Dude, it was fucking crazy, and and obviously to watch it and you know to watch it in full, you know, especially back in the days when people would just put shit on YouTube before it got before it became YouTube today. Yeah, I, I would someone had put the entire pay per view on YouTube. I remember watching it in my fucking room. You know, when I finally got to fucking college, I had internet. You know, so it was, uh, dude, a lot of nostalgia for sure. I fucking love it. This is probably my favorite SummerSlam. You know, and, and obviously. You and I bonded over the SummerSlam, so you know some of my favorite shit. But uh, yeah, man, especially after WrestleMania 17, especially after Rock being fired and coming back, like, oh my god! Now, now we know what they should have done to make a lot of fucking money, but still, what they ended up doing, God, I fucking love this goddamn show. And yeah, that those old school WWF logos, whoo! How the fuck they lose to the people with the pandas? Well, that's the only thing the Ultimate Warrior said that was right. Uh huh. Kendo, uh, same question to you, sir. This took place right after, around the time that I had graduated high school, was dealing with college stuff, going around doing things, and I had gotten out of watching wrestling on a regular basis. So this one I did not watch until probably, I would say, four, maybe five years ago when I finally got the network for the first time. And I started going back, catching all the stuff I had missed. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, so briefly, we'll talk about the card. The dark match was Jacqueline, Lita, and Molly Holly uh, versus Ivory, Stacy Keebler, and Tori Wilson. And Jacqueline, Lita, and Molly Holly won in a two-minute and 55-second tag match. I've never seen it. It's a dark match. Well, I watched it once when it aired on Sunday Night Heat, if you guys remember that show. Yeah, dude. Come on. Of course I remember Sunday Night Heat. Okay, so the first match is Edge versus Lance Storm for the Intercontinental Championship. Edge beats Lance Storm to win his first Intercontinental Championship, and that sows the seeds of dissent between Edge and Christian. You guys remember that feud? Yep, right before Invasion. This was after Invasion. Well, didn't they? Wasn't their match at? Because Invasion was July. That's right. And this was August. Right. Because I just remember Edge calling his grandma on the phone, and then he's like, and Christian's like, "Hey, let me talk to her." And then the grandma hangs so up. So was on the it? Phone. Was it? Was it the? Was 
was Survivor Series where the end was him hitting Christian with the chair on the ladder? No, there wasn't a ladder match at Survivor Series at one. Okay. I don't think. Um, let's see. Uh, Michelle O'Rourke, I see you in the chat. Congratulations on the upcoming baby. Um, it's good to have you back. You know, just be safe, be healthy, and, uh, you know, congratulations. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Good job. Up next, we had the Dudley Boys and Test versus the APA and Spike Dudley with Molly Holly in a six-man oh, tag match. Kind of forgettable. <laughs> yeah, but some like uh, one of those bumps that Spike took in this match was pretty fucking crazy. Overall, the APA were some bad dudes. They definitely, were definitely an underrated tag team for sure. They were dope. They're on the list of greatest for sure. All right, question for both you guys: What's better, Bradshaw or JBL? JBL is better, but I liked Bradshaw more in terms, you know, in terms of, my, you know, because I, you know, I love to hate him as JBL. Damn, she beat her fucking ass again. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it, JBL for sure. But I love Bradshaw better. Oh yeah, Bradshaw was a lot of fun. That whole APA thing, I always loved the APA. They were looking back on it and everything like that. Whenever you go back and you see the old APA stuff, it's just fucking entertaining overall. Hell, hell yeah. Ah, num the next match. X-Pac defeats Tajiri to win the uh, Cruiserweight Championship and the Light Heavyweight Championship. I didn't really like X-Pac outside of DX. Well, I have a sweet spot in my heart for the X-Factor. It was such a dumb little faction, but I love that theme song. It's, oh, you know, come on. Uncle Cracker. I know, but it's so bad. It's good. I got everything I ever wanted, and I never had to look back. That you met like, the X Factor. This was during <laughs> the peak of X Pac heat, where they had to, they just had to turn him heel after this. Like they just fucking had to. Um, I laughed at X Factor because just incredible and Albert. Like Albert was one of those wrestlers that got repackaged so many times, and it never worked, including the very first time. He was just yep. He was weird. I liked Prince Albert, especially when he was teaming up with the Big Boss Man. It was a weird gimmick. But when we got to A Train, and then, dude, Lord Tensai, what the fuck? The, the Lord Tensai thing could have worked, but again, they sacrificed it for Cena. But, dude, mm. when when you know TNA could have been a way better tag team, you know, it was just you know they just were in a in a tough era where there were other tag teams better than them. But yeah, I mean, you know, Albert was always underrated. Test could always work. You know, one of my favorite matches is a Test match. You know, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, it's just, that's just one of those, that's one of those matches that we're clearly just throwing together. <laughs> yeah. Now this was a match that wasn't thrown together. Chris Jericho defeats Rhino with Stephanie McMahon. Great this fucking match. Oh my God. Yeah. This build for this match was legendary. Again, Rhino is such an underrated performer. Uh, but this is this is by far his best match, and you know him. But the whole build with him and Stephanie and Rhino, and then just right, this is the most the most over Rhino's ever been. Um, and it was just God. This is one of my favorite Jericho matches, dude. Fucking beautiful match. Kendo, any thoughts? There's a Judas in my mind. <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn that song before I go to AEW because I don't. I want to sing it with the crowd. Actually, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna scream "Break the Walls Down" the entire time. You should. Now, this might. I don't know if this is my favorite match. This might be the best match on the card. RVD Rob Van Dam versus Jeff Hardy 
for the United sorry for the WWF Hardcore Championship in a ladder match. Dude, this this, this, legitim, this legitimized the hardcore title for sure. This was a great fucking match. Now I've always had trouble distinct or deciding which was better, this ladder match or the match they had the month before at Invasion, because that was fucking. That was the first time I remember Jeff Hardy bringing it as a single superstar. Before they had all these great Hardy Boys moments, but they were always in the tag matches. But when he took on RVD in uh, July of '01, I was a like, holy shit. Yeah, I think. One. That's such a fucking good point. I think the only reason I like this one more than Invasion's match is because this was the catapult for his for his uh, that triple threat at No Mercy, where where he was just Rob was so fucking hot after this match, and it started here mainly because it was him and Jeff. But oh my god, I think that's that's the reason why I love this one more because the where it went, like this is this this was the epitome of the WWF taking momentum and actually fucking using it and and that's why i love this one more than invasion because rob shot to the fucking moon and if he would have became wwf champion it would not have been that surprising Nah, he should have been it, it would have been a weird booking but like you know how king it could have worked sport. yeah king got a short title run in 98 give it to rvd fuck it yes. could have been a day wouldn't have cared fuck it yeah man you know that it's just so things could have been a lot better going into 18 if 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 he'd have won but but again yep. i think it's a different conversation for another day that you and i have had hundreds of times um but yeah i just i fuck off oh, this match is so great it's so goddamn SummerSlam one well there's a few more matches the next one's not so great the brothers destruction kane and undertaker with sarah defeat ddp diamond dallas page and chris canyon for the wwf tag team r.i.p mortis such a waste of ddp Depressing. Ooh, deader than Canyon. That's what Dan says to me all the time. <laughs> it's really morbid, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, there's really not much to say. I'll just ask your opinions on both of you guys. DDP and Sarah, how dumb was that? One of the dumbest gimmicks storylines yeah. ever. Stupid, stupid, stupid. The dumbest thing. When he said it's a waste of DDP... Everything about WWE DDP was a waste of DDP. Yeah. Okay, so this next match, the one of the main events, uh, actually, no. I only consider pay-per-views to have one main event, the last one. So Kurt Angle defeats Stone Cold Steve Austin by disqualification in a singles match for the WWF Championship. Now, Dude. this was one of those awesome twist endings that really pisses me off. It pissed me off as a kid but it makes a lot of sense. So before I get into that, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on uh, Stone Cold's heel run between WrestleMania and this? It's underrated. It's dumb. It shouldn't have happened, but I think Austin deserves credit for being the the, the paranoid rattlesnake. That being said, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have. Uh, and that goes into why I think the main event should have been Rock and Austin at SummerSlam. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's underrated. He did his damnedest, even though, you know, he knows he shouldn't have got turned heel. Um, but it's, I think it does not deserve all the hate that it gets. Kendo. Turning Austin heel was a terrible, terrible move. You have the hottest guy on the roster and you make him, or face on the roster and you turned him heel for no reason. Yeah, I am selfish in my reasoning. I like the Austin Hill turn because it kills his 
momentum and make right. this against yeah. the rock is the number one of all time so it's a selfish reason but i fucking love it in reality stone cold was the man 97 98 his injury and honestly the repetitive nature of the austin mcmahon feud before that he got hit by the car stone cold was really kind of tired it was when he, summer of 99 before he went away he wasn't even the big deal anymore. That Rock Triple H feud was more interesting. Undertaker, yeah, he was feuding with Austin, but Undertaker seemed a little more fresh at that time. It was just a weird window for Stone Cold. I think that's fair, yeah. And, and I think if anything, you know, the him going away for surging and hit by the car was a huge part of why he stayed relevant. And don't get me wrong, I still don't, I, you know. That, and a lot of the issues are because Invasion was handled so poorly. Um but yeah, I agree. I, I, I um, you know, like I said, I, I think that the hate towards the Austin heel turn is a little overblown. Um, and like I said, I, I enjoy the paranoid rattles. Like even you know, because I was an Austin fan, so when he was just champion the whole time, running Rob Shaw and Raw and SmackDown, I fucking loved it. Kendo, anything uh, you'd like to add on the Austin heel turn before we move on to the main event? No, I'm good. Cool. Well, then the main event was The Rock versus Booker T. The Rock yes. defeats Booker T to become the WCW champion. Rock's I love most underrated match. Rock's most by far his most underrated match. It's a great fucking match. I understand why Rock and Booker T are still good friends to this day because that match was fucking awesome. The build to it, some of Rock's best catchphrases came from the build to this fucking to this main event. Um, and I love, I just love the Rock with the World Heavyweight Championship. I love the way how he looks with that fucking championship. Yeah. I was under the impression that people like Booker T aren't championship material but that i could have just been misunderstandings <laughs> guys like him yeah well not not sure what he meant by that mm -hmm. I, i'm guessing wcw wrestlers i i was confused uh-huh triple h if, if anybody tried like when bruce pritchard tried to explain his way out of that angle fuck you bruce yeah he, he sounded like shit because you know that he knows that they made the wrong decision when it comes to this era i think Dion, you mentioned about The Rock's underrated matches. When he came back in 01 after making the Scorpion King and he was a little leaner, he was a lot more, he was a lot faster in the ring and yes. really had developed some new moves. He picked up um, his kip up from Shawn Michaels, obviously, and started doing the sharpshooter very poorly. But like at least The Rock had evolved. 2001, late 2001 Rock is more than just a new haircut and new theme song. And he's just really, you know, putting it out there. And this match is a lot of fun. And, uh, I don't think the audience is going to go seek it out, but go watch this pay-per-view if you have the time. It's fun. Um, that's what life is about. And if anything, this is this was what, which is oddly enough, you know, wrestling fans knew who Booker T was, you know, and I'll die on the hill that outside of uh, Ric Flair and Sting, he was the best thing to come out of the remnants of WCW. And for this, you know, this match, like he was legit. Booker T and Rob Van Dam were the two legit things to come out of uh, to come out of this invasion thing. Obviously, you know, the Dub Boys had to go back because of ECW and all that other bullshit. Um, but Booker T solidified himself as a WWF guy then. Like, that's one reason why the fans love him so much. Even WW, WWF fans loved him was because of this match and that build. And, you know, this led to so many other things. It was just, it was fantastic. You know, him running around with the Nike gloves, you know, and then it was, you know, the, the hardcore fans didn't know what the bookend was, but when the world saw him do, and and then they play, even the commentary was where JR saying the fuck, that's the rock bottom. And Paul goes, no, that's the bookend. That's the bookend. That shit, like that wrestling was so hot. 
that that shit was so fucking cool. And Booker T and The Rock's match, they both became legends after this shit because that match is just it's it's my easy vote for Rock's most underrated match. It's a fucking fantastic match. The pay per view is fantastic. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to send you guys a tweet real quick. We'll read this before we go off air. Asriel1984 asks, WCBS, did Gary Nerdrotic really yell at Jesse? Yes, that went down. Watch her statement and get the full story. Check out the High Council if you need more clarification. Dixon Sider says, on a scale of one to George Floyd, guess how high I am right now. Love you guys. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <sighs> I'm going to guess you're about three hits shy of Richard Pryor. Mm. Up next, our friend Ben Parker, who says, what sucks about the MCU is that there are bigger baddies and stories to pay off. So the MCU shouldn't be done. I want to see it done and done well. I agree. I want to see the last thing. Yeah, that's what that's what we had said that when, you know, after we talked about Endgame, that's what we thought the next phase was going to lead towards. They were going to bring the Fantastic Four and obviously go towards Galactus. So, but alas, you know, we've been wrong before. So we have our friend Uncultured Barbarian who says, it was me, Hunter. It was me all along, Hunter. So I feel like I have to press the button now. So hold on. I'm not as good as Kendo at that voice. No, 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 bitch! That was a legitimate... Hold on. My computer's messing up. That was a legitimate mistake. Let's try this again. Who's that Pokemon? Fucking love JR, the voice of wrestling. He is the man. So we also have our friend Ben Parker. We just read that one. Thank you, Uncultured Barbarian. Thank you. Dixon Cider says, you may be tough, but are you Rick Rude wearing Cheryl Roberts on his junk tough? (laughs) No, but that was a supreme fucking heel move. Hold on, we got to show this real quick. One of the greatest heels of all fucking time. Yeah. So, folks, uh, a man by the name of Rick Rude was wrestling another man by the name of he Jake. He was ravishing. Ravishing, right. Right. Ravishing Rick Rude versus uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. It was at WrestleMania 4? I want to say 4 or 5. Long story short, uh, let me show you a picture of Rick Rude. You know, whatever. Is he cool? I don't know. Not with that mustache and mullet. But the coolest thing about this guy. The 80s. It was the 80s. That's true. That's fair. But what did he do? So... When he went up against Jake the Snake Roberts, he put his wife's tights over his dick. Yep. That's mm-hmm. fucking funny. So good. Yeah. That's a great moment. That's a classic wrestling moment right there. Dude, that is... If you ever need an ex- a quick example of what is wrestling, that's it. Yup. TLJ Screwjob will read just in just a second because we have Uncultured Barbarian who says, Yesterday in my car, I heard a commercial for something called APA Medical. You know where my mind went to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have thought the same thing. Same. The only complaint I've ever had about the APA is they have a shirt that says APA, always pound an ass. <laughs> and that shirt doesn't Fuck age yeah, buddy. Well. No, it does not. But God damn it, if it's not a product of its time. TLJ Screwjob says, you know it's better than being a five-time, 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 five-time WCW champion? How badly Booker T wants the gold, sucker? Oh, Hulk Hogan? 
He's coming for him. Yes. Brother, black brother. fella. Black fella. We need a Hulk. We don't need a button for that. I don't want to no. get the channel canceled. Eh. Yeah. One day, we, while we're signing off forever, that could be our last button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there is the whatever we broadcast the very, 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 very final thirty years from now or whatever. That will be the button we sign off with. Yeah, we want the gold. Now tonight we'll be signing off with a much different button. But before we go, Kendo, is there anything you'd like to say to the audience? Uh, Nib high football rules. Goddamn right, Dion. Anything for you, sir? Uh, yeah, free yayo. Oh, on point. So, folks, thank you for watching. It's been a great show. It's been a fun week getting back going to be making more stuff so be on the lookout for that as i said be on the lookout for stealing solo going to be shipping stuff out doing live streams getting everybody excited got mountains of books boxes of everything else stickers you uh, hold on i'll show something real quick let me turn on the light so guys with the collector's edition uh, it comes with some stickers and shit yeah. um check these ones out these are fucking cool so i got action figure stickers of us So we got these right here. Cool. Yeah, this is a, there's only a small sack because, you know, for collector's edition. But I like these ones right here. He's stealing solo with the rounded edges and shit. They look like a little uh, toy. So when you get your sticker, folks, it's a little action figure card. So be on the lookout for that soon. Do it. But uh, Wolfbusters is next. That'll be, up, uh, that'll be up this year on Indiegogo. So be on the lookout for that. So from all of us here on the channel, thank you for watching. Be smart. Be safe. Be cool. But always be excellent to each other. Back up.